The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. What in the world? Yeah. There was no sound on that intro, Roddy. Are you kidding me? No. I'm just going to have to add it in a post. <laughs> okay. Um, like we're, we're just sitting there in silence. Like, uh, Wait, because I thought you said y'all heard it earlier. Or when else did you? I don't think you. I, I don't think you tried it. I did try it. I absolutely tried it. Anyway, okay. well, anyway, we're here. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll worry about. We will worry about that later. Um. Yeah. This is the Comic Book Chronicles, folks, and I am your host, Roddy Cat. And you can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me on the Instagrams, but you know, whatever. Uh, Newsnet's need on Twitter. Um, I don't know. I'm. I'm just. like one second in, and the show just went off the rails. That just messed me up in here at knowing that now. But anyway, so yeah. Um, uh, news notes need news notes needs Reddit. Uh, CB caps Instagram. It's all there. And with me tonight, uh, we're gonna switch up the order a little bit and save. We have one PCN underscore underscore dirt with the spiffy millennium shirt. Hey! Yes, if you have not seen Millennium, it was a great show. That was it was after X Files. Well, I totally, I totally had everyone clap on top of you. Right, yeah, that's fine. I probably shouldn't have talked over it. <laughs> you know, actually, uh, I have the Millennium thing as the ringtone on my phone. Oh, nice. The, the uh, and, theme. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then uh, when I do wrestling. My my character, Professor Philip H. Dempsey, that's his theme song. That's what, <laughs> what? Plays in the ring. Oh, please tell me there's video of this. What? Uh, yeah, I'm sure I could probably dig some up. <laughs> what? Yeah. You learn something new every week on the Comic Book Chronicles, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it, it kind of makes you, sense. My theme song or that I did wrestling? Yes. Oh, yes. I, I knew about the wrestling. Oh, I, I didn't know about, know about the wrestling. wrestling. I, knew about, I didn't know about the character and I didn't know about the theme song. Well, I used to come out to um, the Flight of the Valkyrie. But then Daniel Bryan started using that one all over the place, so then they switched it up. But I started using it in like 2002, so yeah, you were ahead of the game. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> well, you know, Apocalypse Now is in '79, but anyway, yes, but also, <laughs> but yes. Well, I'm sure the song was written in Germany in in what? Oh well, yeah, my father, exactly. I mean, yes, you know, yeah. yeah, whatever. Six, eighteen, and this music, in 1812. Yes, and this music lesson was part. Brought to you by one agent underscore seventy, who's on Instagram and Twitter. What's up, everybody? And people uh, didn't know they were getting an episode of Drunk History. When yeah, no, right. This, hey, look, this episode is slam. Uh, we can do. I was gonna say we can do Drunk Combo Chronicles. I just gotta go downstairs and get some bottles. So, you know what? I can do Drunk Drunk Combo Chronicles. <laughs> you know what? I mean, so, sober. So right, right here in my drawer. That's that's what this bottle's for. Nice. Wait, is that a crown bottle? Yes, that yeah. sure is. Nice. This, is this is the rye. How you is that? I that's it is fantastic. I love rye. Really? I love rye. Yeah, I knew people. that part, but I didn't. Yeah. Huh. This is okay. Oh, it's so good. 
Ladies and gentlemen, drunk drunkness on Comic Book Chronicles. I can't remember the last uh last oh no, I do can't remember it was the Apple one. Um anyway, um yes. We get a little bit of everything out here. And later on, we'll, we'll probably have some gaming talk. But for right now, we will get to the rest of this intro, so if it kills me. Uh, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. The Click Nation, that's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter. And, of course, uh, well, not and, of course, but TheClickNation.com. And, of course, Comic Book uh, Resources, where he's over there writing his face off, as he tends to do. Yeah, he's not here right now, so but we're still going to shout him out. Exactly, always. Um, you can find this podcast on the Coastal the Podcast Network. That's ESPN.us. Do it today. Do it today. Um, also, you can stop to subscribe to this podcast on Google Play and Apple iTunes. Uh, well, Apple Podcast, because I guess they're getting rid of uh, iTunes. That's right. Um, Are also, they? That yeah. seems, seems like they're going away from it, from what they've been saying last week. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. turn into it's gonna turn into what it is on the iPad and on the iPhone, which right. is all separate apps, mm-hmm. which is easier to manage, to be honest, because iTunes is always buggy. But anyway, this yeah. this, this uh, Apple, Windows, but exactly. I was gonna say this Apple uh, uh, commentary is brought to you by the no, letter. No, no, now we get yeah. Tech Corner on Comic Book Chronicles. We are just ready <laughs> the gambit this, this, this episode. I love it. Uh, you know what? Let's not even talk about comics. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, we screwed that. We got you know E three. Hey, I gotta go get a bottle. Hold on, no, I'm kidding. I know, right? Yeah, I can go get about a wild wine. Actually, I got some Apple, some Jim Beam, I mean, not Jim Beam, some Captain Morgan's Apple thing I can go Gosh, get. That's a little, like a little Apple bottom thing. It's cute. Mm. Anyway, uh, SoundCloud. Also, Cole Slither Podcast SoundCloud page. You can go uh, and check us out there. And Spotify. Don't forget Spotify. Yeah, this, I said so, that already. I did say that. Oh, yeah. it's a powerful, powerful tool, Spotify. Wow. Well, something um apple i mean um, um title would disagree with that but hey we you know it's all good Just the rest of us plebes are, are spotify bound um so anyway ladies and gentlemen boys and girls e3 has been upon us and while that doesn't sound like anything that would uh, have anything to do with comic books it kind of does because of one or a couple of things but we will get to that later in the news so right now we're going to start off with uh, the comic books of the week like we know them to do and we're going to start off with Event Leviathan. That's all, folks. Event Leviathan number one. There you you know, one of the things I was going to say is that the title is very awkward to call also, it Event Leviathan. A little low like nose. That, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, it's like saying uh, DC's big summer comic thing that you have to buy mm. what they should have called it well it's supposed to sound like event horizon that's what i figured you know that's what you know that, that that's what i thought that they were getting better. <laughs> right, i always thought that was an awkward but i always thought that was an awkward term to begin with myself so um well event horizon not awkward term i mean but the, as an event called the leviathan and that sure i don't know i don't know but what about yeah, the book that, is it good bad yeah. ugly eh, it's there yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was a terrible start to the crossover or to the miniseries. Okay. Ring for, well, okay, so here's the problem. For being like, this is the event, right? This is the big thing. This is uh, Bendis is leading up to his big summer blockbuster mm-hmm. event. And then you get the book, and the book is Batman, Lois Lane, Steve Trevor, and then running around in the background is the question. And and that's it. That's That's your crew. That's the team that you're 
following round. And it's just like, okay. So we went from it being a Superman thing in the Superman books to now it's a Batman thing with a Wonder Woman cameo. And it's like, it doesn't have that same event. We've got Doomsday Clock with everybody in the DC universe. We've had Heroes in Crisis that still had a bunch of uh, deceased, you know, big characters. And then, yeah, Deceased, which and is the DC Millennium that's coming up. Um, but and, and this for being like the big event, it's really kind of a small thing. And they make some comment like, oh, we're going to have to have this figured out by morning or all of uh, civilization is going to collapse or all of society is going to collapse or something like that. So you're like, so all this takes place in one night. Is that oh. what's happening here? I mean, they've done that before. And also you're the, you're the villain, which is also pretty much wrapping up. But yeah, because, yeah, didn't they do that with uh, Zero Hour or whatever? Like it was pretty much a day thing, or where the Earth was freezing. Oh, final night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of it. it you have this expectation of here's something big, here's something grand. All these uh, you know spy right. places well, were blowing up, and <laughs> Spiral is blown up, and and, and Argus Cobra and, and the DEO. I, I didn't know what Argus was. I didn't know. I totally forgot what Argus stood for until I saw it like spilled out from. I was like, oh okay. Mm. So it was just you. You sit down to read it, and you're like, "Well, the artwork is really cool, and you know, it's, right? It's moody. It sets the it sets the tone, but it's kind of a tough, you know. It's it's a setup where, all right, we've already kind of jumped ahead in the story, and now you know, Batman and Lois and the question and and Green Arrow, are oh, Green left, Arrow, right? Right, are, are left to figure out what happened. So. And Steve Trevor, for whatever reason, is the one person, you know, and uh, like uh, the, the conspiracy theory talk after uh, they they uh, they they figured out that Steve Trevor was there was really weird. You know, there was like a back and forth like, I'm Leviathan. They're going to think I am because uh, I'm the only uh, survivor. I'm like, oh, no. Um, question. Yeah. I have a question real quick. Is this DC's secret empire? No, I don't think so. This is more of super, a super spy places getting getting torn. Yeah, but it's and... not it's not that Leviathan is taking them over. It's Leviathan is destroying everything so they can build their own society. Right. Okay. But that's you know, what happened to Shield. Yeah. So they're they're trying to level everything sure. and just okay. just you know wipe the slate clean so that they can build their own utopia of whatever they think it's going to be. You know, okay. um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's just kind of. Weird because you're like I to go back to what you were saying a minute ago, uh, Agent 70, uh, when you were talking about how he has this weird way of trying to describe what's going on. And I did have to reread that section to be like, wait a minute, what exactly is he talking about? Because Bendis does this weird thing where he throws a bunch of stuff at you and then explains it. Right. And and you have you have this feeling like, did I miss something like what? Yeah, and then you have to keep reading and be like, oh, he's doing that thing again. So All Bendis right. is doing Bendis. Got it. Right. Yeah. In, instead of like showing the progression of stuff, it's like, here's a bunch of stuff. And then they kind of figure it out and talk it through. So um, the, the biggest I think one of the biggest problems is that this has been an ongoing story in action comics. And if you haven't been reading action comics, you know, you just kind of fall into the middle of like, hey, a bunch of stuff is blown up and the world is decimated and Superman's off somewhere else and he can't help and no one can be trusted. And you're like, you know, like what? Like if you haven't been reading action, you have no idea what's going on. Um, so I think that's why they did that special 
uh, was it last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was. Uh, and, and that was to kind of catch people up to speed. Uh, but I think a lot of people skipped that and they were just waiting for this number one uh, to come out. And it, it just doesn't set itself up very well. And it just doesn't feel like it's a big deal when you have the idea that that all of society is going to crumble and all these places have been taken down and, and all the people in the key you know leadership positions behind the scenes all around the world are, have suddenly been decimated or gone into hiding or killed or whatever and you only have like four characters of the dc universe that like are involved in the story it just doesn't have the same impact well it's a you know it, it's a it's a, a shaky start I didn't think it was a terrible start. I thought it was a shaky start. I'm not a fan of, uh, you know, like a, a new player on the board that we, you know, uh, we actually don't know yet if this is a completely new player on the board. Um, you know, we have the reveal uh, at the end of the book uh, on a cliffhanger page, you know, the, the uh, on an end page where Leviathan finally reveals itself. And it's just, you know, like, are you bugs? Um, you know, <laughs> Sith Lord from the Star Wars online game. Right. Like, our, our, you know, like it almost looks a little bit like a nihilist, to be honest. Because um, I'm looking at it right now, like, it kind of looks like a nihilist. Um, so it might be Anarchy from the uh, Batman video games or something. Oh, listen, no. listen we were, we've already got uh, the Phantasm coming in from uh, the animated series. So well, I, Arkham Knight is now in the Detective Comics. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So it's. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't bad in the sense that um, it, there is a mystery there, and so there is a story to unfold. So it's not bad in the sense that there's there's no meat to the story. There is some meat to it, and it it looks like it could be interesting. But for what it's been set up as, and the way it starts for new readers, mm-hmm. it just kind of falls apart. It's just not an event designed to feel like a grand DC universe event. And it's not an event designed for new readers to just jump in because I can see a bunch of people who, who put this on their pull list and they're going to get this first issue and kind of flip through it and be like, I don't know what the heck is going on. And like, I know Superman was a part of the story and now it's a Batman thing. Like, I don't get it. What is this thing? And they're probably going to give up on it. I don't think it's going to do that well. I would think that they would give it one more issue simply because I I'm not privy. I haven't. I wasn't exposed to the advertising for this uh, uh, event, if there was any. I also read some of the books that were involved uh, here and there, uh, leading up to this event. I didn't expect it to be a a, a, a detective story up front. So, you know, this sort of sets it up, and I'm willing to give it one more issue before I jump off. You know. So, uh, you know, I I, uh, I would say, I, I, you know, coming from the perspective of someone who's not like the, uh, the most well versed in in current DC uh, continuity, this wasn't terrible. Um, it sets up the mystery. I didn't expect it to be a mystery story up front, but hey, you know, it's it's worth maybe reading one more issue to see where it goes before I'm completely out. Um. Yeah, and it comes out, so final orders uh, from comic shops have to be in by next Wednesday? No, by Monday. For number two? Yeah. So uh, comic shops have this week 
for people to read it and see if anyone's going to dump it in the next couple of days to put sure, in the final order for number two. Uh, it doesn't come out in shops for uh, it's actually set to be on a monthly schedule. Um, and then supposedly issue two is going to add in um, Manhunter and um, uh, Plat- is it Plastic Man. Yeah, Plastic Man. Hmm. So you do get a couple more characters of the DC universe, but again, not your big event book. Yeah, it's a, it's still a mystery. So because they're bringing in the cop, the other you know some more uh, law enforcement types. Wait, so. where's uh where's uh Ralph Didney? Detective Chip, maybe? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think he's actually around in, in um Dark, isn't he? I think he's in Justice League Dark. I don't know if Ralph. Or he's has still been around, around yeah. since uh, everything that happened with his wife. Right. I don't. I, I don't know if he's. Is he even in the new Fifty Two? I don't. I don't know. That's. I hadn't really been keeping up with it. But, uh, um, new Fifty Two. Uh, oh, he's apparently a rogue member of the Secret Six, under oh, the alias think, of Big Shot. Reporting right, to the and I think they're bringing that back out. Yeah. And that's the last he's been seen in the new Fifty Two. Yeah, I heard there's some rumblings of Secret Six coming back. Um, okay, well, either way. So I guess the two questions I have is, one, which question is it? The question is it? And two, I mean, it's kind of early to ask, but is do you think is, it gonna, is this going to be any meaningful? Because especially with what's going on with Justice League and Doomsday Clock and whatnot, is this going to actually think you think it's going to mean anything? Yeah, that's a weird thing because um, it looks like the Vic Sage question, but mm. Vic Sage question shouldn't exist anymore. It right. should be Montoya. Yeah, I was about to say it's Montoya. The, but but I, I didn't around. see a ponytail. Um, and and she uh, just as like a, a thing to, to tell them apart is that he was always in brown and she was always in a dark blue. And that was a way that you could tell the difference between them in the comics. And then when they did the cartoon, they made it Vic Sage, but in the dark blue, which just made it confusing to a bunch of people. Right. Um, but this is the brown. So technically, it's supposed to be him. And like I said, there's no ponytail that shows in any of the artwork. Um, but that's not to say that it's just tucked down in the jacket or something. Or maybe that's part of the sure. whole reveal. Or maybe it is something that's you know supposed to be spinning out a doomsday clock. I don't know. But... Uh, yeah, it is. It is kind of weird that they just maybe they're just trying to like leave it open for now, and they could go one way or the other depending on what editorial dictates down the road. Right. Like, hey, if anybody cares, we'll either do a mini series with the question or reveal it or something if it if it matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah okay. Well, speaking of things that matter, uh, we will move on. And if anybody else got got has anything else to say about this, nope. Okay. Amazing Spider-Man number twenty-three. All right. Which uh, is a nice little, neat little wrapped up uh, little epilogue to the hunt. Not really. Um, <laughs> not fully, anyway. It was okay. It, uh, it did wrap up some stuff, but there was right. some stuff that it kind of opened, opened up. So, but go ahead. Right. It definitely, it definitely established where everyone is at the end of this event now that. Uh, Craven has been defeated and the, the force field around Central Park has been brought back down. Uh, so we all have maybe not a sense of closure, but we definitely have an understanding of the new status quo. Um, I thought the original was far more dramatic than this story has been. Um, and I thought that the art 
of Ryan Otley in this story does the story no favors. It's it's far too simplistic and it's far too. Uh, it's you know I I I I, I hesitate to criticize art that is turned in on time you know i see pcn underscore dirt laughing um yeah it's it's it is a a very good virtue to have especially in the industry these days to be able to do artwork consistently and on time right and uh, you know and, and and i would say that uh oddly had a little bit of lead time on this book because ramos umberto ramos was um on the uh the main uh, hunted uh, issues, but I, it, I just, I just felt very frustrated reading this and looking at the art and just not wanting to linger hmm. on any page. I just wanted to kind of read and keep going. Um, you know the 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 false emergency that we saw um, teased in um, the story, the hunted storyline, turns out to not be one. And, um, you know, well, the, the merch I'm referring to is, uh, concerning Mary Jane. Right. And, uh, I mean, you know, I thought it was okay. I liked the ending. I liked the, uh, the, the post-credit ending. I like that. Yeah. That was kind of out of nowhere. So and I'll ring the spoiler bell. Yeah. Thank you. Because, we, because I, I, I gave a really broad stroke synopsis of what happens in the book, but I mean, now any any further discussions probably gonna involve spoilers. And so yeah, well, and you know, we would probably won't take my door. So yeah, so basically, this is the wrap up to hunter stuff. We see, um, the I guess the funeral of Craven the Hunter Senior, mm-hmm. and I say that specifically because the because the in either the, both the end credits and the last part kind of go somewhere. Right. Uh, we see Sue Stone choking out Cottonmouth, which I, I just in one panel I had to point that out because it was just funny to see. Um, but yeah, like you said, the, the, the emergency was seemingly not an emergency, but is also building to something else with, I'm assuming somebody that has, that has popped up before that I don't know anything about. Caterpillar man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, why is this caterpillar talking or millipede or whatever it is talking? Right. And, and I thought it was that other rag looking dude that, that has showed up like at the beginning of this, which in, I think could it very is. well be. Yeah. I think um, it is. So yeah, you have that, and I guess they didn't want to say it was like, well, if Mary Jane's in trouble, like, okay, this is just gonna go back to the thing we don't want to do. It just seemed like they just said, like, no, we don't want everything to go completely like, like the original did. You know, we want to you know, throw throw a, a swerve out here, but like, pretty much everything, almost everything, as far as the Central Park stuff, got wrapped up with the exception. Well, y'all, uh, Vulture, kind of rebrands the Sinister Six. Looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, Taskmaster and Black Ant got back together again, and it looks like some fan fiction <laughs> going right. That was, actually, that was a nice. That was a nice sequence, right I there. I thought that I was really kind of. I'm like, huh. That was probably the highlight of the story, to be honest. Possibly. Well, if you count what I'm about to get to now, and that would be uh, the potential of the Superior Craven. That was alluded. That was more than that. wasn't even alluded to. It was pretty much done at the end of the uh, of the thing before the end credits right. uh, scene. I mean, ultimately, he's a clone that right. has some of the information that the original Craven had. Hence, so, the, hence the superior Craven right, reference. Right. Um, 
Because at the end of the day, it's literally Craven the Hunter Reborn. Mm-hmm. With just a little bit of a different experience, life experience. That's ultimately what it is. So it's a way to perpetuate a, a, a pretty classic character um, moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So basically, that that kind of opens up to something later on. The the vermin stuff kind of opens up to if they're going to come back to that. The lizard stuff that uh, that kind of ends in a way, but also uh, that seems like that could probably go somewhere else because uh, Black Cat took took the, the kid back home, but uh, Connors is over there crying his eyes out and whatever. Right, he's trying to recover from what he uh, did. Right, what he had to do basically. Right. So, but, uh, like that could come back up at some point. And like I said, the, the, obviously the, the rebranding of the, the Sinister Six thing is more than likely is going to come back up. Sure. I don't even think it's a rebranding so much as it's a new it's a new team because these are all animal based. Sure. But, I think that's why he called them the Savage Six. Yeah, but so, that, and which is why I called it a rebranding because it's not you know because of that. But right, same thing. Because uh, which one call it? I guess Sandman wouldn't wouldn't <laughs> would return the calls. Yeah, count. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, no the uh, the the, the post credit scene was actually a, a nice touch. Right, because you didn't know who that was talking. I'm like, wait, is this? Because I went to look because he mentioned something about ends of the earth. So I'm like, that can't be because of that. And sure enough, it wasn't. And we come to find out that um, an an ex uh, Sinister Six mate of of Craven's, the Chameleon, sure. is back in the is back in the fold. And right. It was a nice reveal. It definitely taps on a lot of old Spider-Man stories. Right. You know, the two characters had a, a pretty big. Uh, I believe they had a history together. So that's what he made it out to be. Yeah, with his little little monologue there. So and that's going to come back up at some point because he. I half expected him to like morph into say uh, to to um to Craven. It's like I'm just taking over for you because you're not here, my brother. And just that doesn't seem to be the case. But you know, if, that would have been probably a little bit more out of blue than what what it, what happened. But still, it's a thing. So I, I would imagine at some point we will see that all of that unfold. But yeah, it is what it is. We got some op- we some things closed, some things opened up. Uh, did you read Friendly Neighborhood? I did. Cool. I don't know if I listed it. Let's see. I did. I did. Okay, cool. Well, let's get into that since we got since we got spider stuff going on. Right. So, which, so we get a little bit more on the Aunt May, Aunt May situation. Um, and the thing I've noticed, there was like a couple of real world things that were mentioned in this and um, Amazing Spider-Man, actually. Uh, because we see Mary Jane talking to Aunt May and uh, apparently the things about her treatment, uh, or, or at least... Yeah, the cost of treatment. Yeah, the cost of her treatment is is, is uh, going away. I'm like, really? You're going to do this to us now? But then Mary Jane was like, no, don't worry about it. We'll handle it, da, da, da. And, if we, and if we have to, we'll crowdfund it. I'm like, oh, well, I mean... Yeah, you know. it's kind of insane. Yeah. Um, there's a, you know, my, my initial thoughts on this, and, and it's kind of cool that there are uh, two main Spidey titles. They're, they're seemingly, um, in this day and age of event storytelling, there almost seems to be a, a better reason for it now than there ever has been. But they are both uh, totally different books, though. Just I'm about, sorry? But they're basically totally different books. No, my, no, my, but but at the end of the day, we're, they're, they're related because they have similar things going on in them. Um, you know, they definitely touch on what happens, but my point being is that you know, given the event type storytelling that's happening and amazing, um, the rest of, you know, 
Peter Parker's world is kind of spinning as usual. So uh, that that that's sort of where friendly neighborhood kind of falls in. It's kind of where spectacular used to fall. Right. You know, before um, you know, you know, back then when that was the uh, the second Spider-Man book. So you know that was you know that's a nice uh, you know it's it's a nice uh, it's a nice thing to fall back on where this is kind of the um, the day in the life of the of the friendly neighborhood Spider Man and I think that's how they initially pitched this book. Um, you know the, the the first interaction's kind of cool. It's kind of cool that there are some supporting characters that are continuing to play a role in this book. One is a, a police detective that Spidey has befriended. And another is a neighbor who is not what she seems. And if right. you haven't been keeping up with the book, um, you should definitely try to catch up. It's kind of an awkward first story, but it's probably going to pay off later. Yeah, I about to say that's another thing that's just going to come back to. Yeah. And um, but but the kind of cool thing is, um, it's this has been teased for a little bit, but Aunt May has decided to reopen <laughs> the Feast Center where uh, we were first introduced to Mister Negative. Mm-hmm. You know the um, uh, I forget what feast stands for, but essentially it's a it's a, it's a center for uh, helping the homeless and, and and feeding them and sheltering them and educating them and so on. Right. And um, you know that's sort of the purpose. But then there's some superhero related shenanigans that pop up at the uh, tail end of the issue, and we see um, the return of one character. Uh, and Spidey's kind of confused because I I. Uh, I think the last time we saw this character was not dressed this way. Right. Was in fact someone who was running around as Spider-Man. And two, um, I like that the addition of Boomerang to uh, Peter Parker's list of roommates uh, has continued to be a, a plot driving device. Yeah. He's you know, kind of screw stuff up. Yeah. And... It has been in this in, in this book. It's now in this book, and it has been in Amazing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was a pretty interesting. I thought there was a pretty interesting mystery um, in, in this because we're trying because uh, trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious because yeah, a lot of stuff especially with Feath opening up and Mister Negative and some of that stuff kind of playing out in the video game, which is kind of the thing I'm knowing more about. I was like, wow, this seems a little similar to to both of those. Interesting, and I don't know how much is is of that's going to be the case because i know they, they also have that city at war book which is actually the the video game version i mean the video game universe right but that's a separate kind of separate story thing so how much of the the video games are gonna just kind of if anything plunk back in it when i granted a lot of stuff kind of was lifted from the original stories anyway you know, mm-hmm. when, when negative came out or or at least loosely anyway so who knows? But that was just my little thing. But yeah, this is Friendly Neighborhood is, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of a weird one, but at the same time, like you said earlier, it's like yeah, being that amazing is kind of more event driven, and he's his, and then Friendly Neighborhood is like more, you know, like well, here's the other stuff that's going on in his life, and right, it's a thing, right. And shout out to Ken Lashley for providing good art on this. Yeah. Which is weird. Do you remember? Wait, how many books? Because didn't Spidey have like four or five books out at one time back in the nineties? Yeah, I mean, listen. Remember, there was at, at the at one point a bare minimum of three because right. there was amazing, spectacular, and web. Web. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and at various points in history, there's been a friendly neighborhood, a sensational, 
Um, and that's not even counting like team up, but exactly, exactly. So it's just weird, but so hopefully they they may keep things to these two. And I guess if you well, I don't know what they're doing with team up after this story they're doing now, but um, it's a thing. So let us move on uh, to um, wait, Dirk. Uh, what else did you say you read? Red. Superman. You want to get into that or no? Do I have to? No. Uh, Well, no. I I skimmed this. The art on this is good because it's Ivan Rice, but I don't know the story. So, uh, I don't know if you remember a couple months ago, I was talking about how Bendis was doing all the action stuff in action comics and all the family stuff in Superman. Right. Well, not so much anymore. Uh, Now there's big intergalactic battles happening in Superman. I mean, which is fine. It's cool, whatever. But he's going back to the Rogar Zol or whatever. <laughs> yes. Destroyed Krypton and uh, Supergirl shows up and she's done some investigating and she found out that it's all true. Everything that he said about destroying it. And there was this circle of people who knew that it was coming and knew it was going to be destroyed. And apparently, uh, Jor-El was one of these people who knew about it and um, it, the book ends on another one of those cliffhangers where it's like next month find out the ultimate truth for real finally this time and you're just like oh come on <laughs> and it's like the, the problem is Jeff Johns does this type of thing but when he does it he looks for holes and he fills in the holes Bendis is doing this type of thing and instead of looking for holes he's punching holes through and filling it up with whatever he wants to put in there. And it just... I was going to say, he's hes kind of like uh, uh, his own retcon machine right now. Like he's yeah, retconning well, everything. And I'm kind of hoping it's one of those things where you, you, Doomsday Clock is going to you know reset things and whatever. So they're just letting them go nuts. And you can do whatever you want with them. We don't care. And he'll... Because uh, they've made Jonathan... He, he aged uh, with his travel through uh, space and whatever. So now he's uh, like seven or eight years older than he was when he left a couple months ago. So I, I, somehow that's going to be undone. And it's, you know, I'm sure it'll be something to do with the universe, uh, you know, correcting itself and you know, or whatever. Or they merge so, him with Connor, who's, in, who's with uh, in, in Young Justice right now or something. Or something. Yeah, you just know that there's something that's going to happen to to you know, fix that and, and wipe it out. And, uh, well, I don't I mean, know. the big thing was that Jorel is still around and kicking and like doing kind of, you know, right. And so like, in this really bad guy stuff and this, we find out everything he said has may not been, uh, what he has said. Uh, mm-hmm. so again, it's, it's going back to that. Find out the truth next month for real. Finally. Yep. Um, and it's just annoying. <laughs> uh, it's just it's like come on um it, it reminds me a, a lot of uh um there was a point in the late 90s when they were doing the superman books where it's like after they did the death and then he came back and after they uh you know they they had the whole coast city thing and they had this and they had that and they had them split into red and blue and oh, and, and all, yeah yeah he had electric powers for a while whatever and then they then the book just kind of went into this weird place where it didn't really do anything you just had months and months of stories where 
a bad guy shows up and he beats up the bad guy and Lois is worried and Jimmy is homeless. And, uh, you know, they just they didn't really have any real story. You just have kind of like the soap opera. It's like the, the story moves forward because it right, has to really forward. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what this feels, except it feels like he's doing that, but he's doing it with trying to be you know, actions and explosions and whatever, but you're just going through the motions. It's just this, this story that's just, it keeps coming and there's another twist because there has to be another twist because that gets you to read the next issue. And instead you're just like, you just feel like none of this is going to matter. Like there's, there's been so many changes. It's, he's not changing the status quo. He's like developing a whole new character and a whole new mythology. And it's, you just know it's not going to stick. You know, it's not going to be there in in two years or five years or right. whatever. So, like going back to right, going back to what I mentioned earlier, this is all one big retcon that he's using as a plot driving device, and it makes for a very awkward story if you kind of understand Superman history as being maybe not one way. You don't, you know, obviously this is all open for uh, writers to uh, to retcon and reinterpret, but it has become very un for me as. Uh, a non-regular Superman reader, it's it's become like very unwieldy because, as I mentioned earlier, I was very shocked to see wait Jor El is still running around and now he's doing like I said vaguely villainous things and now we have uh, this teaser that uh, PCN underscore Jerd mentioned at the end of the issue where the next issue is finally find out what exactly happened to Krypton. All the things you thought you knew are now wrong. And I'm like, oh, just stop changing. Like, oh, come you on. You gotta love revisionist yeah. history. And, yeah, and again, like I said, when, when Jeff Johns does it, he looks for holes. He looks for where, where, where there's space, and he can use that empty space and fill it up with stuff. Whereas Bendis is just like, Right, it's a different it, style of retcon where he's creating connections. It's well, and the problem is the the Bendis in a way it almost feels disrespectful, of and and I you know that's kind of a harsh term to use for for a story like this, and I don't really mean it to to be that harsh, but it is just kind of like disrespectful to everything else in the sense that he's really just kind of saying, well, none of that stuff matters. Right. Now I'm I'm redoing all of it this way, but he's redoing it so much that you just know it's not going to matter, you know? So I'm, I'm just not real enthusiastic right now about uh, the stuff that's going on here. And, and I don't know what's going to happen in action with uh, Event Leviathan, you know, moving into its own series. I don't know if, if action is going to tie into it or if it's, mm-hmm. you know, going to have to find some other uh, completely different third leg storyline in order to stand on. But uh, so in, in, Event Leviathan, they mentioned that Superman is is busy at the moment and he's off planet, whatever. Well, that's what's happening in the Superman books right now. So who knows what's going to be happening in action? I just have to, again, shout out the art on this book. It is really pretty. There's a couple of really nice uh, panels in this. Shout out to Ivan Rice. Uh, I'm also going to have to look up who the colorist is because uh, it's a pretty good job as well. Um, there's one particular panel where... Uh, Superboy, this version of Superboy and, and Supergirl have to go away on a, on a mission in crypto. And um, there's a, a picture of uh, Superman kind of thinking about what, he just, what he's just done. And the, just the, the look on his face is so perfectly captured by Ivan Rice and the, and, 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 and the, and the inker and the colorist that, you know, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't stop looking at it like, wow, that's actually really well done. 
Yeah, and one nice thing is, uh, like I said, there's this big epic space battle going on. So he does fill the page with a lot of stuff in the background. Um, and the colors have done a, a good job. Like if you remember back in the old days when you read something like Invasion and there'd be all these ships and it's basically just like brown and blue smears sure. you know, all over the background of outer space. And then they took like uh, you could tell it was like a white out from the little they took out the little brush. It was just dotting some stars on there to to to, to kind of fill out space. And, and here there's a lot of detail and they've got the colors. So you can actually kind of follow in a couple spots where stuff's happening. You can see the different ships moving in the background and the different sure. things they're doing. So, yeah, I mean, the artwork is fantastic. Yeah, shout out to, yeah, shout out to Joe Prado and Auclair Albert on inks and Alex Sinclair, who's been coloring uh, DC stuff ever since he was with Wildstorm, you know, like ever since he kind of moved over from Wildstorm. Yeah, so I just wish the story was yeah. there for the for the art. Yeah, no, I have to give I have to give Rice a lot of credit. Like it, you know, I can I can see myself just ignoring the story and just kind of admiring the art. So it's you know it, it's uh you know kudos to him. All righty, President Bartlett, what's next? Okay, um, I guess what, maybe, because I think we only got a couple of books uh, in between this before we can hit rapid fire. Immortal Hulk number 19. Yes! Let's... Yes! <laughs> this is such a good book. This it is a really was. for me. Yeah, it's it, same here. This book continues to kind of fires on cylinders that's just, in, in, it's kind of in its own world, one. Uh, clearly, if you've read any, any of the issues, um, and it's it's got a bent to it that's just like there's I don't recall there's much not much going on similar to it, uh, and it's kind of brutal in spots. Yeah, this is a this is a very new direction for the Hulk. Yeah, and and, and anyone related, right? Um, honestly, we learn a little bit about uh, General Fourteen. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't really know much about this character up until now, and in a very smooth retcon, you know, speaking of retcons, in a very smooth retcon, I think Al Ewing inserted this character into the Hulk uh, canon, right? Yeah, by, uh, yeah. right, by 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 putting him into a place where he would logically be. Which like, is oh, a- by the way, he was there, yo. We just didn't see this up until now. Exactly. Spoiler alert. And it makes sense in a military setting that he was a younger officer uh, under uh, General Ross. To which he said before, like, you know, he, he's always like, yeah, I came up under your father. And because when the funeral happened, he mentioned, you know, right. how much. How much uh, but, but actually seeing, right, but actually seeing the characters interact on the page, it's, right. it's something new. And, um, you know, we see a lot of this book from the eyes of Betty Ross Banner. Yes, this is her. Uh, but uh, but real quick before before that though, I, I, it's kind of funny reading the first couple of pages after reading the Spider Man books, because you you see that whole thing that we're talking about with fourteen uh, driving, you know, uh, Betty and Thunderbolt, or wherever going. Right. I, I presumably going to meet Banner, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, this is presumably going into the uh, the Gamble test. Right. Uh, and he did, and he's talking about spiders. I'm sitting here like, okay. He was like, are you in a you in the wrong book here, pal? But no, I guess okay. We'll, we'll keep on going. So, but that was kind of interesting on that front. 
but uh but yeah like you said we we get into a little bit more with betty and she's running around with uh mcgee who's uh not happy with the with the fact that um what betty's doing you know but again you you bring somebody like that and you know and, and expect them to be civil i don't i don't know what you were what you were thinking so, because basically they are, and, and of course we at the end of uh, last issue, uh, the Hulk starts fighting this new version of the Abomination, who may or may not be Rick Jones, for, according to what they're saying here. Right. So, as as Roddy Cat mentioned, this is a new iteration of the Abomination. Yeah, you know, like make, say that ten times, right? Right. Um, and. What is revealed in this issue is that there is supposedly no trace of either version of, or at least either right. the A-bomb that we've seen recently, or the Abomination. Or they're not um, driving the beast, basically, is what they Exactly. Uh, either, right, either either Rick Jones or Emil Blonsky, um, for, uh, the respective uh, characters. But we do see the hint of Rick Jones, at least. Right. And was previously dead. Right. And, you know, as part of this story, uh, you know, this extended story was uh, exhumed because of uh, what they're trying to do with this uh, new version of the Abomination. And this new version of the Abomination has some very different abilities. Yes, he's a yes. He's one of face. He's actually more of a xenomorph than, than we actually thought when we first saw him. Right, it kind of it kind of resembles the the thing from Stranger Things as well, mm. um, and uh, this new ability that uh, that the Abomination exhibits is pretty destructive to the Hulk specifically. Mm-hmm. Well, not as destructive as what ends up happening to him in the end of the book, but right. But I mean, it's it, it, you know, speaking of uh, you know <laughs> stuff that we haven't seen ever in a Hulk book. And we've heard Al Ewing come out and say that this is a speci- this is specifically a horror comic take on the Hulk. I don't know if we've ever we have seen several issues that showed that aspect of the story that uh, Ewing is trying to tell, but none more so than this one. Yes, because this is this is stuff you never thought you would see in a Hulk book. This is stuff that maybe you saw, you know, with like magic stuff, like when he was on the crossroads after like issue number 300 back in the day. But, you know, like where these worlds would have things that could overwhelm the Hulk because of their foreign, you know, their alien nature or whatever. But this is something you don't ever see uh, for the most part. And it's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, you know, yeah, it's dark. I want to say breathtaking in its in its in its kind of sameness and 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 just you know and and whatnot. And as you mentioned, I'll let, uh, and I'll, uh, I'll 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 throw you a softball with this one. So um, we've got this the semi military operation going on, and this version of uh, Jack McGee from the TV show comes in. But uh, has uh, Betty's current state in you know the, the Betty in her current state in tow, mm-hmm. and some some pretty ugly stuff ensues. Right, which on both sides because 14's crew were kind of 
doing cleanup and right. in the way you would think a, a military organization, you know, presumably for the country would do. But then again, this is not, this is clearly not that because this is their own little thing. Um, but like the in kind, better just kind of as they took care of civilians that they came across or at least the one that they came across the bed right. took care of them similarly um and like I said yeah and Jackie McGee's not really trucking trucking with that but at the same time you know hey what she expect right right exactly so I'm like well you know you, you brought her along I don't know what you were thinking um but I also will say that Fortean's uh Hulk uh contingencies have been way effective than 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 um thunderbolts back in the day i'm just gonna go and say that like yeah they may not end up winning the debate because we've seen the hulk like cut up in pieces and 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 you know uh and dealt with for a minute and we've seen other hulk foes kind of come in and it's like well they do something you know they 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 kind of levy some hurts against them i'm kind of waiting for the ufos to come show up at some point hmm because uh, I was thinking about that for some strange reason in the course of reading this book. I'm like, that's probably one of the few that's actually, uh, that and later are the few that hasn't really come up yet. Which I suspect probably could. Anyway, but that's what I'm sad. You know, this and Betty, and then Betty goes off, you know, from McGee, finds where Abomination and the Hulk are and seemingly potentially finished the job that the Abomination was trying to do. That was wild. And keep in mind, we have seen the Hulk that cut up in pieces. Like you wouldn't think there was not much you could do to hurt the Hulk, and 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 stuff kind of limbed off of him, which the Abomination has done because he pretty much had him, had all his limbs, you know, uh, um, acided off. I guess that's not a, that's not a verb, whatever. Burned, you know burned off, yeah, yeah burned off, or whatever the case may be. But so he's just laying on the ground, and then, and and this seems to be like um, old Hulk because it's not smart Hulk. I think that's been made apparent in this because of the way they were. It was talking. He was talking. You know, because if you think about the way the Hulk was talking, and he was all hurt, and it was like he was like Hulk hurt, Hulk hurt, Hulk, Betty Hulk, Hulk, you know, help hurt. Yeah. Well, he she does help, and uh, then that taking away a body parts that you know most people would need to us. Uh, that's listen, Dirt. Are you reading this at all? You should. You. I, I actually I have them, but I'm behind on them. Okay. Uh, when I got sick several months ago, it just kind of fell behind, and it's I've got that and Venom uh, and Justice League all sitting in a pile where they're they keep building up, and I just plan to sit down, you know, when I get a chance and just read straight through them. But right. yeah, right, like uh, like we've obviously spoiled a little bit, but not not. I haven't been paying detail. attention. I've just been kind of sitting here in my okay. Own- good. Mm-hmm. Well, I was about to say even even us telling you this and you reading through all of that and up until this is you. I would imagine you could still get everything. Oh out yeah, of it. So you'll, you'll, you'll definitely even get if you had heard us. So right, you'll get the impact. I would suggest that you try to catch up because this is getting pretty good. Um, and it, and it, it, it kind of always it was. I mean, even though they had a couple of issues that were like just expedition, but still, you know, even then well, we learned some things. I'm I'm sneaking a tablet to camp with me, so hopefully I'll have some time to read as I uh, as I sneak away from. Nice, nice. So yeah, definitely put this closer to the top of the uh, the, the choices. The reading. Yeah, if any, if anybody's looking for, if, well, I guess fans of the Hulk and and horror fans would probably very much enjoy this the way this book is going so far. Right, right. I mean, I'm I I was floored reading this. I I, I really couldn't. I, I didn't see that coming. Hmm. 
and you know, you know the uh, the way the issue ended, and, and that last page was like just do do do. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like wow. Joe, listen, we I I I I I've said it before. Joe Bennett is killing it on this book because his not his his art is not as I've seen Joe Bennett's art on X Men mm-hmm. from back in the day, and you know over the years it's gotten you know cleaner. But I think th- he's in his element where he can get to play a little fast and loose with the details and with the shapes and with the, and with the, the, the settings, it gets a little more loose and it's really a sight to behold. Mm-hmm. That last page, that last page exactly. is the stuff of nightmares. Are you kidding yeah, me? Kind of. Yeah. And I feel like that might've been pattern enough or something, but I don't, I, I can't say that for certain. Um, but either way, yeah, just check out the book. Uh, it's, it's great. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, unless we have one other book, do you want to go into it to rapid fire? Because I think the probably yeah. the one or two other books we have between us are, I don't know. Well, actually, you want to go through Invaders real quick? All right, real quick. Yeah. This is actually another potential click of the week for me. Um, Namor has a plan that has seemingly come to fruition. And it's a, believe it or not, it's a plan to kind of cope with the effects of global warming. And it kind <laughs> of makes sense. Yeah, and it's not Atlantis Attacks. Right, it's not Atlantis Attacks. So it's very, it it makes you kind of stop and and, and reconsider your original position on uh, what it is that Namor is trying to achieve. Yeah. And there's a little bit, just very quickly, there's a little bit of story woven in to kind of get to an explanation as to why Namor might be acting this way. Right. Uh, the, the, and the only really, I mean, you've pretty much said everything. Though the only question I have is like, is this or is this going to play, or why hasn't this played into uh, War of the Realms, which is also going on similarly at a similar time? It, it, it's probably set right before. Uh, you would think, because I know there's been. It seems seems like it from some from stuff in the last part of the book, but I feel like they've also they might have alluded. Or there was an allusion to before it, anyway. But yeah, that, that's probably the case. So, there, in that case, it could be wrapped up before, you know, all of this could wrap up before that happens. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But um, but yeah, that was also another interesting book of this week. And I guess uh, that we got that one out of the way, we can go into rapid fire, which I only have two more. Spinning it up. <laughs> And since I only have like two more, I'll go ahead and get mine out of the way. And then I know this one we both read, which was uh, Silver Surfer Black, number one, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, uh, if hey, if you remember Guardians of the Galaxy a few months, the, the first issue a few months over, and a whole bunch of people got swallowed into a black hole, well, this is how they get out. Uh, and and it, it, they even put notes into you know, like Goddess of the Galaxy and the Annual, which I still haven't read yet. And you know, so where every, where everybody else ends up going, basically, right. with the exception of the Silver Server, who after doing this, I guess gets swallowed up by the black hole. And I don't know if did he come out the other side or is he still there? That was the part that that's kind of weird. So because we ends up on another world, which is either in the black hole or on the other side of it. That part was not really, doesn't seem to be. Right. He basically gets transported, right? He basically right. gets transported there. But the outside of that is like, 
well, okay, so he gets into some stuff with some people that you know, in that he can apparently understand uh, in this in this wormhole in the wormhole. Excuse me, black hole uh, spot. And uh, I said jokingly said earlier, I wish I could play Black Hole Sun right here because it would probably fit perfectly. Um, but the art on this book is kind of funky, but it works. It's uh, Trad Moore, who I believe also did who did the art and uh, the story with uh, Danny Cates. Uh, to where so I guess spoiler alerts at the end of this end of this issue after he ends up you know uh, he basically bridges the stuff from going on in Guardians to finding this alien race to coming up on a guard on a god type character who has been actually recently mentioned in World of the Realms whom I guess he's going to be uh, coming up with, with and where probably the black part of Civil Surfer Black is starting is going to come from. Possibly. I would just add that uh, I'd actually like the story, yeah. and it led to a relatively big change to our understanding of the Surfer. And I think uh, it's supposed to be doing some stuff with, com- uh, if not just the Surfer, but like cosmic stuff. Which right. Presumably going forward from what uh, I read. It was a cliffhanger ending I did not see coming. Right. And you can tell, and this is a slight hint, you can tell that they are really pushing Venom stuff now. Yes. <laughs> okay. Very much, yes. And that, yeah, that's pretty much all we need to be, that needs to be said about that. Right. Um, and my last book is Transformers number seven, which um, there's news about this later on, but I'll just go ahead and say this now. Uh, if you get a physical copy of the book, you get a... Um, a booster pack for the Transformers tra- trading card game, which if you're watching the video, you can see that right now. Um, uh, as far as the story goes, I don't know. Like, I the like the marketing thing on that was pretty cool. I wish they had done that with the first issue because that would seem that would seem a better fit than this issue because this issue is pretty much in the middle of the story, or at least calls back to a couple of issues prior. Um, Derek, are you reading? Have you started reading this yet, or are you planning on reading this? No, I kind of got out of all the Transformers stuff a few years ago when they decided they needed like twelve different books on the rack yeah. at one time. And I'm still not entirely sure where this one is even being placed. They said it's a reboot, uh, so that's that could be just the explanation on that. But it feels like it's still calling towards some of that stuff. Or, you know, because it keeps talking about, oh, the Great War, Great War. And this I was like, well, this is, is this coming after that? Or was there another Great War and this is before that? And then there's just some of the kind of stuff that kind of makes it feel like it's before everything happened. But at the same time, this with people that show up and, and stuff that happens is like, no, it just seemed like it's after, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's I have no idea exactly where it falls. I'm, it's one of those things where I figured I'd sit back and wait and see if it actually lasts a year I feel well, like they're they gonna probably they're gonna yeah they're probably gonna if the, if if the other stuff old stuff is in any indication they're they're probably gonna be with us in the long run. but who's to say you know because like this is kind of a it, it is definitely a reboot in a sense you know but and all that's like you I didn't finish half of that stuff they did prior to this and I kind of want to but it's a lot yeah it just got too much stuff after a while it just yeah. had to. But that being said, you know, if, if you're so, you know, the book is three ninety nine. Those uh, trend, those uh, trade card packs are usually five bucks. So realistically, if you're just getting this and maybe that's what they're banking on for a free 
you know, to boost sales of the book, even though the story itself is something that you would have had to, you would have to be there for because of what is, um, you know, talking about. Because like I said, something happened a couple of issues back, uh, and they're they're dealing with the, ramific- the, the ramifications of that, or at least starting to. Uh, you know, in addition to the other stuff that's been going on in the book, that, so there was a mystery that was already there, and now another the part of uh, another mystery just kind of opened up, and that's pretty much all I'll say about that. And there's been a couple of deaths already, including the the one that you know um, gets starts to get investigated in this one. But hey, if you want a free pack of Transformers trading card game, it it that's kind of a deal and you get a free I guess you get a, a book one way or another to get something free out of it because those packs are five bucks <laughs> this book is four you're saving a buck you know wow. now I don't know if anybody would want to go through that length for that but at the same time it's, you know it's not a terrible deal especially if you're into both if you're not into both and you're into one or the other sure you can read this issue but you won't know anything about what's going on if you haven't been reading it already so weigh that up and that's it for me Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how many you got? Because it turns out I don't have too many left. I just have one left. Okay. You want to go ahead? Sure. Um, so the last book I have here is Star Trek Q Conflict number five. Is that the, that's the last uh, one, right? No, this is a six issue. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, it threw me off because the last few have been five issues. Right. The, all the Mirror Universe ones. And so I was expecting this to be the end. And then I was like, wait, what? It's still going. Um but even though they get one more issue uh, in which to, you know, breathe the storyline out a little bit more, it still feels like this story is going on way too fast. Like there's just stuff happening uh, in this issue. They have to go try to kidnap the Borg queen as part of the ongoing contest. And you would think that that would be that that could be a whole miniseries into itself. Uh, and could and be the way to do anything. So it's just kind of weird. But the the weirdest thing was the last issue ended on a cliffhanger where it looked like the Q and the profits from the wormhole from Deep Space Nine are going to start an intergalactic war. You saw reality starting to warp and break and tear apart. And then this issue, yeah, that all just kind of went away. Apparently something really big happened and it destroyed the universe or it came real close to destroying the universe. And then Q, Corbin Burnson, and Q, the young girl from uh, uh, Next Generation, who right. was a Q also, they apparently talked to the prophets and got them to reset everything before anything happened. And none of the, uh, the, the humans, the Starfleet characters, they don't remember anything. They just kind of vaguely remember that they were going on this mission and then it's over. So whatever happened just kind of gets, you know, pushed aside. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah something big and crazy happened. Story goes this way. Right. So Which it's a weird. little, you would think they would have waited till after all this was over and then wiped their memories. Right. So, uh, it's a, it's a little weird in that sense, but it's still a lot of fun. Seeing Corbin Burns in Q, uh, to me, that's worth the price of, of paying for the issue right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because they had John Delancey Q uh, in the beginning of it anyway, so you that one's the one you would expect. Right. Uh, so it's still a lot of fun. Uh, they, they make you know comments about how uh, you know Captain Kirk and his team on the original Enterprise, they're definitely at a disadvantage you know fighting the Borg. Uh, so Worf has to come up with this uh, plan uh, that gets them involved and it's actually kind of ingenious and it's a lot of fun. So there's still a lot of fun stuff, a lot of good stuff. The artwork, uh, you know, David Messina or Messina or however you pronounce his name, I'm assuming it's Messina. Um, he is someone who can draw, he can draw comic book characters that look like the actors. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, yeah. he's one of those guys. He's been doing a lot of Star Trek stuff for a long time. And he's just one of those guys that the moment he draws the character, you look at it and it looks like the actor and you're like, OK, yes, I, I know exactly who this is. Um, so when these new characters pop up here and there, you, you know exactly what's going on. And it's a lot of fun. So uh, it's a good book. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. And even though it, it, it kind of speeds through the story a lot faster than what I would like. There's enough good stuff going on in there that I feel like it's really worth reading. Yeah, the the first couple of issues, I'm still a couple of issues behind. The first couple of issues were, were, were fun, and I expect it to continue to be in some, some parts. So Okay, real, real quick, I'm, I'm betraying the fact that I'm not the trekker that a lot of people are. Um, when did Corbin Brinson play a Q? Was, uh, it, was, it was in Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Um, like season was, four or five, something like that? Yeah. Um, basically, uh, John Delancey's Q was causing problems, and you found out that the rest of the Q continuum, like they're all named Q, right. uh, they did not like what he was doing. And so uh, oh. they sent this Q to talk to Q uh, <laughs> to let Q know that Q was not happy with what Q was doing. Oh. This was not that same episode where they where they depowered him. I don't think. I, no, I think that was a well because I think Q showed up twice. Right. Well, he showed up. Yeah, he showed up at least. But yeah, here's two, three. Here's yeah. Corbin Burns and Q. There's there's <laughs> when he made his first appearance there. And Hold on to, me. to see him, you know, at this point, all you really knew him from was L.A. Law. You know, right. he hadn't really done anything else, and he's just like this goofy. Uh, he was in Major League. Well, that's true. That's true. He was in Major League, but in Major League, he wasn't a goofy uh, right. character either. Yeah, kind of um, a jerk, but yeah, yeah, right. he was a lot closer to his L.A. Law character. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to, he was just kind of a fun, whimsical character that okay. you kind of throw away, and then he made another one or two appearances. I don't remember how many he made, but yeah, I don't uh, remember either. But yeah, apparently but, a big Trek, Trek, Trek fan. But yeah, he came back. So, uh, or at least he's back in this story. So it, it wow. was fun to see him again, and. Uh, uh, again, like I said, for me, that's worth the price of admission. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So I guess I can wrap up very quickly with the last few books that I read. Um, so we talked Surfer Invaders. All right. Um, Champions number six. I'm not going to spoil too much. I know that Roddy Cat was trying to finish this. Um, Champions number six had a Power Man step up big time. Victor Alvarez uh, step up big time as the champions are in South America battling the Desir. We're fighting um, not on behalf of uh, Hela, uh, but on behalf of Amora the Enchantress uh, against Hela's will. So um, it's a pretty uh, straightforward issue. It's a crossover with uh, War of the Realms. And we have a little bit of a tie-in to previous events that happened in Champions way back at the beginning of this volume. So... When you have a chance to read it, you'll learn what that means. Yeah, I've, 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 I think I got to that far anyway. Right. And uh, last and kind of least is Batman Who Laughs number six. I know PCN underscore Dirt has not been reading this because it's just not that interesting. I've been trying to keep up with it because I kind of like the character design of the Batman who laughs with the spiky visor thing. And you're a saint. But, but, uh, but ultimately, the story is just taking too long. It's going on long enough. You get it. He laughs. Oy, oy. So there's a little bit going on with um, Commissioner Gordon and his uh, long lost, not quite lost son. Um, 
and that's a, a, a major plot uh, driver in this uh, miniseries. But ultimately, I was actually just looking to see if uh, you know if they were going to do anything interesting with this character because they had hyped him up so much, and I I'm not sure if the payoff's going to be there. But uh, you know, uh, thankful for uh, review copies, and um, there's a potential. Uh, not necessarily a reveal, but another Batman, ca- Batman character, or allusion to another Batman character in this one, or, or yes, is it already there's uh, some Batman tech, yeah, that uh, uh, pops up in this that that uh, alludes to some uh, some animated stuff that we've seen, and that's it for uh, my books. So uh, incoming clicks of the week. And we already got one from one Tim Dog ninety eight, and that was Silver Surfer Black number one. Nice, because he was basically like, "It's been a blah week." Here you go, and he did blah week. Well, he says it's kind of a blah week, and he didn't read the event Leviathan, which according to y'all didn't sound like it. It sounds like it plays into that anyway. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Oh, mine is Immortal Hulk uh, number nineteen. Fair. That was pretty pretty intense read. I definitely like Silver Surfer Black, though. I, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm considering uh, it wasn't in my pull this week, so I'm definitely considering going to pick up a hard copy. I, I was, I may read the review copy, but the artwork on it was just not for me. Like I, I wanted to. I knew it was a Donny Cates, and I knew it was going to tie together a bunch of stuff from his other uh, series, but that I just couldn't, couldn't do it. I, I kind of get where you're coming from with that because at first it's kind of it kind of throws you off. It looks like kind of funky, which I get. I think that was the point they were trying to do. Like, so I, I was like, I was almost with you, but I was like, okay, it kind of worked with the story for me. But you know, right. I, I get so that. I, I would just that. add, right? I would just add that the funkiness is really on the splash pages, hmm. which is really you know it, it, it kind of throws you off. I definitely agree with that. But I thought that uh, Trad Moore's art, especially in the the action sequences are just as good as any other surfer, you know, action sequences that we've seen. You know, they're they're smooth, they're crisp. Um, lots of uh, cool things happening with the board, and you know that part I liked. I definitely agree though with uh, some of the splash. You know, kind of like the the surfer standing tall stuff. I was like, whoa, that's not exactly you know. Like that first page with uh, he and Galactus. Actually, I would probably have a. Po- I would probably keep a poster of that. That seemed like a, like a, a blacklight poster, though. <laughs> so. Um, okay, so then for my click would be. I think it's pretty obvious from the way I was talking about the different books. It would have to be Star Trek Q Conflict Number Five. Roger, Roger. Nice. I need to catch up with that because you know I was kind of all up on it when it, when it first came out, and then something happened, and I kind of got lost. Um, for myself, um, I was about to say while you're thinking, mm-hmm. they actually put out uh, a director's edition of Silver Server Black. Yes, Silver Server Black. That's actually pretty cool. Like I didn't, I didn't have a chance to look at it, but you know, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, taking a look at our copy and seeing, uh, you know, some, some of the behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm wondering if that was a uh... Comicsology uh, exclusive, maybe. I thought I saw it on Comic List, which wouldn't have that stuff. I mean, was there a I don't was know. there an actual print copy of that? Uh, I was looking to find out in a second. 
Don't they usually do it? Well, I guess it would come later, wouldn't it? I don't know if they were going to do something like that. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I don't see it. Looking at the, yeah, I, I, I definitely want to. So maybe you're right. You might be right. Yeah, I definitely want to take a look at this uh, script version. Yeah. Um, but anyway, while y'all looking that up, I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't, Right. Oh, I was gonna say I'm looking in, on the retailer site. No, there's no. Uh, print. It's not on the diamond. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's digital only. It's a digital exclusive. Nice. Which means they probably will probably in a few weeks. Probably something around. down the road. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that being said, yeah, I'm. That Invaders is actually also pretty good. Um, but if you look at the pencils, it's actually not as crazy looking. What's that? If you look at the pencil work, oh. it's not as crazy looking, but the inks obviously fill in a lot of it. Like I said, it's all in the abs. Everybody gets weirded out by the abs. <laughs> right. It's a little abstractness to it. Yeah. Um, you know what? I would go with, uh, I would probably back you up on, on the Immortal Hulk, but uh, I think Invaders actually was, that was kind of a surprise as nice. well. Um, but yeah, that Immortal Hulk, I I would definitely, definitely say hey you should check that out uh and that being that um before we get to that i guess we may be saying goodbye to uh pc underscore dirt yeah we keep starting the show later and later and it keeps running later and later to get through these reviews hey, we're, hey, we're well, you're also right. talking about drinking and turning it into yeah but so we don't, the pre-show if, if that was some of that pre-show pre-show stuff it would be explanatory (laughs) (laughs) yeah have have fun next week without me guys i will be uh probably putting uh, calamine lotion and uh mosquito bite spray all over my arms and And making trying to stay out of of the heat and the tornadoes uh take care take care be well we'll see you in a couple yeah all right have a good time take it easy and now we get to it uh, then for our first ad reader tonight and speaking of alcohol our first ad of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is the world of wine delivered right to your door. From Rosé to Cabernet to Tonalte, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink that's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c wink wines through cspn do it today now we get into the news i suspect what i just did didn't come across so we're just gonna keep on pushing yeah um, well, yeah, I'm still trying to work out that other thing while we're, while we're doing this. Anyway, cinematic news of the week. Uh, we have a lot of news this week, so and I don't like to shirk news, and but so some of this stuff is probably going to get. And we did talk about a couple of it, so we're going to kind of 
Zip, zip. Special with the easy stuff. Uh, first up, interactive graphic explains time travel, which a lot of times we end up doing anyway, so I don't know why I said that. Uh, explains time travel in Avengers Endgame. So somebody made up a, a graphic to explain the time travel. Okay. I may have to take a look at that and see if yeah. I can uh, reconcile that with what my understanding of what happened. Although I don't see it on being linked to on this article, so go figure on that one. Anyway, it's probably there in these stupid autoplaying uh, videos, or I hate autoplaying videos. Stop doing that. Next up. Next up. Um, so apparently uh, Avengers Endgame co-writer Christopher Marcus totally debunked the theory that Ant-Man, uh, the Ant-Man versus Thanos theory uh, would have worked because he says, and quote, he would have died in Thanos' butt. You know, this is going to sound weird to say, but that sounds logical. Yep, pretty much. We don't know what what Thanos eats, because, you know, that's... Yeah. Um, Anywho, yeah, that's the thing. So, for those following that little antic, go have at it. Take with it what you will. One Punch Man artist whips up Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse illustration. Uh, which, if you are in Japan, uh, you will see, you will get uh, some, well, I guess you get all of it on the first run of the Japanese home release of Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. Lucky you. Uh, if you're watching the video, however, you can see a sample of the art um, on the video, and it looks great. It's awesome. And and it also outlines uh, the stuff, the other stuff you will get in the, uh, the Japanese Blu-ray set. Hey, if you're an exporter, or an, an importer, you maybe something you might be interested in, and you really, really like that movie because it is great. <laughs> maybe it's worth it for you. I can't say. Probably wouldn't be able to play it, but nevertheless, because I think when well, Blu-rays might be in PAL. Anyway, doesn't matter. Next up. All righty. In anticipation of the end of the, uh, of this movie coming out sooner than you think. Hmm. Uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home has wrapped post-production with a new behind-the-scenes photo. So uh, director John Watts has announced that post-production has officially wrapped on the next Marvel Cinematic Universe film. This movie's coming out in weeks, people. Weeks! Indeed. Can you hear me? Good. I can hear you now. Great. Um, Yeah, that's the thing. Kind of anticipating this. Uh, Wow, what's going on here? Uh, speaking of Spider-Man, Tom Holland's Uncharted movie gets Christmas 2020 release date. So, yes, uh, young PD is going to be filling another character's shoes. Uh, and that of, I guess, he's playing the, a young Nathan Drake, which that's kind of weird. Uh, if you don't know, Uncharted is a, a, a series of uh, of uh, video games. based on, It's basically Tomb Raider, uh, Indiana Jones, Jones-ish. Uh, whose uh, lead character is being... Ooh, no, actually, no, I'm sorry. I was about to say Nathan Drake was played by Nathan Fillion. That's not right. But there was a an attempt to make a movie possibly with him, but I think he's not, you know, whatever. Regardless, yes, 2020 Uncharted, hoping it's good, because a lot of times uh, licensed movies for video games have not been great historically. And we I, there was another thing about that other movie that Tom Holland just did that didn't fare too well in the box office, so... Here's hoping something good for him. Next up. All right. I bet you can uh, take these two. What's that? You can take both these two, the next two. Okay. Or this one, the next so, one. Yeah, no, I was going to say, you can take the one after this. So Disney's new Darkwing Duck is no longer simply a Batman parody. 
So for those of you of a certain vintage who grew up seeing Darkwing Duck become a cult figure in the late 80s and early 90s, um, especially to fans of DuckTales. Um, right. So um, Darkwing had originally become, was originally a parody of uh, The Shadow and Batman, but with the latest DuckTales reboot bringing Darkwing uh, back into the fold, he's received a new origin that reframes the vigilante as something more than a playful spin on the dark night. Right. Uh, apparently here, uh, Drake Mallard is an actor and a stuntman, which he wasn't in in um, in the original DuckTales. Which, yeah, that, and I think we've already talked about the fact that he's they're, they're redoing him in the new DuckTales. This is why this is coming across. So he's not getting his own uh, series uh, yet that we know of. Um... He isn't a real-life superhero, but rather a TV character being played by Jim Starling, uh, voiced by Jim Cummings, who originally played Darkwing. So basically, Uncle, Uncle Scrooge is, is filming a movie, and he's the star, or he's the stuntman of it. Or mm. he's the star stuntman of it. So, there you go. Next up. Do you want me to take this one? Yeah, sure. I thought you were going to take it. No, yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, apparently, Roddy's queuing himself up for another story down the road. Kidding! Watch this come to fruition in a couple stories. Darkwing Duck's <laughs> biggest enemy finally gets an origin story. So, not just Darkwing, but his biggest enemy enemy received uh, a, a, a new origin. So, Nega Duck, who was originally the Thank Joker, to. Um, to uh, Darkwing's Batman. Mm-hmm. So apparently, um, uh, in the DuckTales reboot, Negaduck finally gets an origin story and his metaphorical birth is deep-rooted in Darkwing's backstory. Okay. So uh, it's uh, it's Darkwing 89, apparently. Actually, yeah. And also, it kind of sounds slightly like that Batman uh, animated series uh, where, you know, Bruce Wayne had uh, grew up with the ghost. And the actor, you know, you know, thought he was faded from glory type of situation. Right. Uh, it sounds like there might be shades of that in here, but I don't know. Uh, next up, the X-Men animated series team approaching Disney about continuation. So, and I think I saw them talking about this on Twitter. So basically, they're trying to get the band back together so they can uh, continue doing uh, X-Men the animated series, which was a great uh, uh, Marvel series back in the 90s. It was much less, you know, for the X-Men. So some would say it was probably top three, top five. I don't know. Depending on the person you are. Go figure. But yeah, nothing's nothing's happened with this yet, but apparently they're they're trying to talk. All right. Next up. So we've learned that Fox had at one time planned a major crossover between the Marvel the Marvel Comics film properties that it had under license. And the crossover would pitted the X-Men and the Fantastic Four against each other in a Civil War-style story. Guess what, Fox? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are so glad this did not come to fruition. Um, This is a story, according to The Hollywood Reporter, where a secret source says that um, this this was in the works uh, back in 2010, and uh, would have kicked off with a massive explosion caused by Johnny Storm 
ticking on Molecule Man in New York. So uh, thank Wait, God what? for this not happening. Oh, I see. So it'd have been kind of like a Stanford situation. Yep. Then, yeah, exactly. Like a very similar, right. a very similar uh, spark. Weird. Thankfully, yep. it didn't happen. And for some strange reason, they clearly didn't realize the fact that Fantastic Four and the X-Men did have a crossover together years ago. Right, but over very different circumstances. True. But nevertheless, well, right. yeah, I don't think that would have been, I don't know if any, if that would have been suitable for filming. Right. And what's crazy is that, yeah, I think it, was, it had Mephisto in it, right? Um, uh, yes, I believe so. Right. Uh, what I was going to add is that, uh, you know, look at Fox trying to steal Marvel's Thunder, be like, we're going to do a Civil War style source, so they can't do it. So. Right. Which I can imagine how that was going to go across. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, which is probably just as well it didn't it didn't happen. Seriously. So, next up, uh, GI Joe spinoff and Microsoft movie pushed back by Paramount. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so I guess there are some people hopeful for a Microsoft. So yeah, so okay, Hasbro has been trying to get their cinematic universe off the ground this these both of these movies were a part of that and probably still are um oh i don't like who's behind this either because this says the gi joe movie was cited a few months back by cinemacon and already has a director in robert schwenke who on one hand directed red on the other hand directed r.i.p.d red Yes, I one okay. Red, not bad, not bad at all. Uh, RFAD, by all accounts, sucked. Wow. Yeah. In fact, I it, I think it barely did any numbers in the in the you know in the box office. But that's neither here nor there. So yeah, I don't know about this. But hey, it's still a thing. It's got pushed back. Maybe they're going to rework the angles and you know try to secure the bag. I can't believe I just said that. Um, next up. Wow. Yeah. Alrighty, next up. Uh DC Universe, the streaming service is being quote reevaluated by ATT and Warner Media, the owners of uh DC. So, so we can yeah. talk about this after I mean uh behind the scenes a little bit. Right. But 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 bottom line is that uh Warner Media is focusing on a larger overall streaming platform, according to uh Deadline. Yeah. To which I don't know. Like I, said, I, I kind of like the service the way it is, but if in it getting folded into what uh, has been rumored to happen, it's probably good good for some folks. Right, it gives them more exposure. Right, but you know I don't know. Like I said, the service the way it is is fairly decent. It, it's it's come a long way since launch. Put it that way. Or it it has come a good ways since launch. Put it that way. But we'll see. And yeah, and it says here is like um, you know they're probably going to wrap up this stuff with Crunchyroll and HBO Grow, Go and Boomerang, which I didn't know Crunchyroll was a part of that. That's weird. Um, right, that was, an, that was a surprise name for me to read too. Yeah, because I didn't know they had anything to do with I know they, because I know they have a, um, they are part, because they were there with that VRV thing. Um, and I don't know who's who's holding what in that, in that situation, and that might be a part of it. But regardless, it's a thing. And along with that, um, well, actually, we're not there yet, but Titans Season 2 casts Doctor Who actress as Mercy Graves. 
So along with Deathstroke's family uh, being put into the fold, um, we're getting um, Lex Luthor's right-hand lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how that breaks up. But, you know, if the, the thing we just talked about goes into fruition, uh, then what's going to happen in this next <laughs> article you're about to talk about? Goodness. So um, the latest show, original show, put out on the DC Universe app, namely Swamp Thing, has been canceled. So just six days after the series premiered on the streaming service. Right, and I think we talked about before to where they had been, it had been, there had been a rumor floating around that they, the it was going that route before it even aired. Right. So, which I've heard nothing but good things from people uh, about Swamp Thing. So that's even weirder still. Uh, and as far as the next uh, article is concerned, James Wan concerns, uh, excuse me, urges fans to watch uh, Swamp Thing after cancel, con- uh, cancellation. I mean, now you would want to ask, now why would he ask something like that? Because people sometimes tend to be like, well, it's canceled. What's, what's the point of me watching it? Which is valid, you know. So, even though it got canceled, you know, it's pro- it is still worth a watch. Uh, and I guess I will take this time to say here that you know, with that stuff we talked about earlier with the DC Universe talking about, there are rumors that, um, you know, with the the folding pot- potential folding in of the DC Universe stuff, uh, which po- is possibly why Swamp Thing is getting canceled uh, and seemingly the other shows on the original shows on the network like Doom Patrol and um, was that it? Titans. No, no, Titans, but all the shows outside of Titans are going to get cancelled. I gotcha. Because uh, at least that was one report that I read saying that, hey, everything but Titans is, is, is on the block. Which is weird because, like I said, if Swamp Thing is as good as everybody's saying it is, that would, would think that'd be the one to weather. And for, I also saw another article saying that Swamp Thing was potentially uh, setting up Justice League Dark. If it was if it was allowed to uh, continue, so that's that's sad all the way around. Uh, next up. Tom King, and there'll be more on that, I'm sure, going forward. We'll, we will be talking about it. Uh, Tom King explains his Batman exit, teases secret television project. So we know he's off. He's going to be off of um, Batman on issue 85, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's also going to have his Batman Catwoman series, I believe we've already talked about, miniseries that we've already talked about. And we have also know that he is co-writing uh, The New Gods with Ava DuVernay. Uh, but apparently what we did not know is that uh, there is another secret television project that he's going to be working on in addition to all of this. We don't know what it is, and he's just kind of hinting around it. Uh, but he basically says, like, yeah, I'm working on a TV movie right now, New Guys with uh, Ava DuVernay, and a secret TV show thing that hasn't been announced, King told Entertainment Weekly. DC was kind enough to see that doing all of that and a twice-monthly Batman book would be tough. So they divided the Batman book into two monthly books, Batman and Batman Catwoman. Uh, Batcat will complete this epic story we've been telling and lead to, to this game-changing moment I've been hinting at. Batman will, well, I can't tell you, but it's very cool, but because of the the, the beats that will be handled in Batman, I will have more room for my storylines in Batcat. 
which means the 12 issues can cover all of the story that was part of the original plan. So basically, his stuff is kind of keep going in this miniseries that uh, some people have been having a hard time sticking with, I guess. Um, so, yeah. Next up. Uh, Chris Pine. Uh, spoken about Wonder Woman 1984 and the differences between it and the first film. So it's still a year away. It is. And yeah, and for some strange reason, he's in it. Considering what happened at the end of that, that last movie, you wouldn't think was the case. But I mean, obviously, there are many ways to, to handle that. Time travel. Well, there's, that's one of them, yeah. I mean, we haven't gotten enough of it already, eh? I don't know if we've gotten any of it during the... Well, not in D.C., right? That's what I'm saying, yeah. But, yeah, who who knows? That is more than likely probably the case. Or he's going to be in some flashback scene. I don't know. Or his his ghost. I don't know. Who who even knows? But, you know, but basically, yeah, he was out there talking about it, and there's that article there. Uh, Sigourney Weaver confirms she is returning for Ghostbusters 3. That is still going on. Okay. I don't know if there is uh, anything else to be said outside of, yes, she's playing the character she played uh, in the first one, Dana Barrett. So, cool. Next up. All right. So maybe this is set up for me to take on. Um, <laughs> fast, no, but I'm, it just it was a happy accident. Fast and Furious, Spy Racers, <laughs> an animated series coming from DreamWorks and Netflix. Oh, that worked out well. Spin out from the movie. Ah, spit out. Gotcha. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the show is going to be produced by uh, Fast and Furious stars themselves, Vin Diesel, Neil Moritz, and Chris Morgan. And uh, all I have to say is, we need to find out whether whether we ever get hashtag justice for Han. Probably not. Otherwise. Otherwise, did you hear that by chance? No. Okay, great. Um, are, you, are, you, are you playing sound effects? Yeah, but that probably has something to do with the sound effects thing. And that is, let us move on. So yeah, so apparently this thing is basically. So you know what? If you're of a certain vintage, you know all of the cartoons that from back in the '80s that were um, either selling something. Or had kid versions of, you know, adult characters. This is not di- that different from that. So this is basically a... Um, it says, follows the adventurous teen named Tony Toretto. Oh my god! The show follows his work as a government agent, recruited to take down a criminal organization fronting as an elite racing league. Let's be honest, that's what Fast and Furious pretty much been going towards anyway. Uh, Tony's driving skills what made him the perfect plant to stop them from taking over the world which basically this is like that old Hot Wheels uh, t- uh, co- uh, cartoon and mask I guess in a certain way <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of funny and I'm pretty sure someone on this show will be watching that uh, regardless uh, and there's a trailer or a teaser trailer here so you can check that out as your leisure yeah I'm gonna have to at least take a look at the trailer <laughs> next up Oh, we're oh, going we're into transition. the um, yes, we're going into the um, the the uh, comic book news. 
And boy, there is a lot of it because E3, uh, just, well, I guess E3 ends it tonight as we're as we're talking about this. So yeah, some of this we have to blow through because there's a lot, lot, it's two pages. Um, so we start off with Marvel Studios execs uh, exec calls X Men name outdated. Okay. Yes. So this was Victoria Alonso, uh, executive vice president and wife of uh, Axel. Uh, during an interview about Captain Marvel's home release, home video release, Alonzo is asked about the future of the X-Men and Disney and goes on an interesting tangent. She says, and I quote, I don't know where the future is going. Um, Alonzo told the nuke the fridge, told nuke the fridge. <laughs> uh, it's funny that people call it the X-Men. There's a lot of female superheroes in the X-Men group. I think it's outdated. So, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, but anyway, she goes on to say that um, she's worked on. To, well, she also goes on to say, that, "I don't know where it's going to go. They've just now joined." She continued, "They have a movie coming out under that banner. Their last film. We'll see what time will tell." So, and they have the the uh, interview under that. Surprising love. I haven't heard any scuttlebutt from this. If I don't know, I like. I guess in a way you. You kind of know what she means, but at the same time, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It's weird. So, let's you move got on. me. Yeah, let's move on. Next up, next up, a fan made a comic strip featuring Spider-Man getting a final gift from Tony Stark. So this is an interesting two-page bit um, where you know, in in, in this reality. Um, Peter in the MCU gets a gift and um, spoiler, I don't want to spoil the whole thing. You should definitely take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, know, I know Roddy Cat is uh, showing um, I won't, the pages. Further. Yeah, I won't. Right, the pages on, um, on the video feed, but I think it's worth taking a look at. I don't think this would actually work because uh, what's hinted at is kind of like the continuation of the character. Well, so, not only that, but this is, seems to, or at least the likeness seems to be uh, an adult Peter as opposed to the Tom Holland younger version. Well, yeah, but so at the end of the day, it's a little bit of artistic license. So. Sure, sure, sure. But you know, but given the events and given the you know all the rest of that stuff, that it would sure. be a little off for that reason. But hey, it, but it looks good. So and, and you know, and it's right. It's it's definitely an now. interesting thought, right? It's a definitely interesting premise to move you know to move the character to move the characters along. But I don't think. You know, this is definitely fan-generated, so... Yeah, exactly. Next up, um, I know one classic material was uh, kind of stoked about uh, this. Um, okay, I don't know what that feedback is, but I'm hoping it's not on. Uh, ESPN and Marvel redraw comic book history for the NFL draft. So, basically... Uh, there are covers what once had Marvel Comics characters will now have uh, footballers and not the international footballers, American mm. footballers. So as you can see here, you know, there's one for Iron Man, one for Spidey, uh, and whoever these people are from the... Oh, uh, for, Kyler Murray, uh, Nick, yeah. so screw Nick Bosa, um, Wayne Haskins, wow. right. Brian Burns. So, if you're watching the video, you can. Oh man, I remember that cage cover. I do too. I think I have that book actually. I, I do too. Holy cow! That's so, wild. So yeah, so these are these are uh, variants that are 
that are that are coming about. Uh, does it say when? Oh, let's see. It's ESPN and Marvel has teamed up to craft special combo covers from commemorating a quintet of compelling competitors on the good old gridiron. As seen through during the live broadcast of the NFL draft this April, these covers reference some of the... So this basically came out when they did the draft. So, okay. So probably won't be on any books anytime soon. But hey, that's the thing that happened. Or will... Ha- or, you know, I don't know. I don't football. Um, hmm. So yeah, that's the thing. It looks cool, though. Next up. Next up. So, mild spoiler, because this is something I discussed last week. I believe so, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember if you went through all of this, but. Right, no, I didn't. Yeah, what I didn't do is exactly reveal, you know, the characters. And I still think it's only a week out. Um, but it's just worth noting that in the last, in the previous issue of uh, Uncanny X-Men 3, members of the X-Men just joined the Hellfire Club, and one is apparently already dead. Mm-hmm. So... I do remember. I think I do remember you talking about that. Yeah. So yeah, that's the thing. Uh, next up, uh, X Men visits Rockefeller Center for Marvel's epilogue in, in this first look. So this is basically the sequel to um, Marvel's um, Marvels, actually. Excuse me. Right. So, which is a one shot going coming up um, by Alex Ross and Kurt Busiek. Busiek. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this because uh, I, I, you know, I, I love the original Marvel series, and um, I'm looking forward to this because it's, you know, it's done by the original creators. Right, and I guess that would explain why they have those annotated um, versions of Marvels coming out. Right, because it's the uh, what is it, the 25th it's anniversary? Yeah, of our, yeah, and it's also 80th of Marvel. Of the book. Marvel. Right. right, so. Two birds, folks. Two birds. So yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't I don't remember reading much of Marvels, but I do remember kind of them through it and I'm like, oh, great art. So it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of Marvel's epilogue number one, sneak peek is a winter wonderland with Doombots. So uh, oh, that's a little bit of a spoiler. Yeah, just a, just a little bit. And actually, given the last one, if you think about what could be coming off of that. <laughs> I mean, why, you know, what's their, what, what possible storyline would have had the, 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 the X-Men and Rockefeller Center yeah, right. near Christmas time? Can't imagine. Exactly. exactly. And this, and yeah, and definitely this, um, yeah, this, this, uh, uh, cover I'm showing right now. Mm. <laughs> Pretty big hint, especially with a movie that is currently out, which I hear is not doing. Not doing so hot. Great. Yeah. But hey, there is that. Next up. Uh, right. Uh, Marvel's Ultimate Universe is returning in uh, issue number 10 of the current Miles Morales Spider-Man book. So I saw wow. this in, yeah, right. I saw this and did a double take. I'm like, huh? What? Huh? Wow. I mean, we had already seen it teased as being back, but I guess now it is. Did we? Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So, but this is official that is the case. So we will see. Where, wait, where are we in? Uh, where, what issue are we in? We're like six, right? Yeah, we're not far away now. So yeah, we'll, we'll see that. Okay. In a, yeah, um, and I believe it has something to do with Miles's birthday. Yes, as Miles celebrates his birthday, uh, his birthday, uh, the two villains uh, named Ultimatum, Ultimatum, and the Ultimate Green Goblin uh, set their sights on the teenage web slinger. 
which Ultimatum was an event in the uh, in the Ultimate Universe, as right. I recall. And I believe, wait, didn't did Miles kind of come out of that as Spider-Man? Like, wasn't that the one where Peter died, ultimately? I don't remember. I need to go back and read some of that stuff. It's probably. been a while. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I don't know. Regardless, that is the thing that is coming out. Um, and we will be... Oh, it is also it is also Miles' two hundred and fiftieth solo issue, and that is branching from his original uh, Ultimate Universe series. That's amazing. No, it's 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 Miles. Not amazing. I'm just kidding. Oh, oh I know. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, that is definitely amazing because I I thought about it even then. I was like, wow, this dude's got to have had a book for a minute. I'm like, I was shocked. Remember when we used to have books that lasted that long? Right. You're right, saying? Well, not just in general, but even then, the runs were kind of lengthy for numberings. Like, we weren't getting, like, hey, everything got rebooted every, I mean, it renumbered every year, like we are mm-hmm. now. So, that's good. But anyway, yeah, we'll look forward to that. Next up. This is you. Uh, new Black Widow title delves into Natasha's past. She's probably never going to get an ongoing book, but she will be given a miniseries. Mini series after after miniseries, right? Yeah. Yeah, because this is like her probably fourth, fifth. It's probably six actually, because it's also anyway. I'm not even gonna go with the fourth one. That's what that just ended. Yeah, yeah, a bunch. So, new Black Widow series will delve into the spy's past and has Natasha fighting to stop someone from exploiting it. Jodie Hauser and Stephen Mooney are set for the web of Black Widow as opposed to Spider-Man. A five-issue series uh, scheduled to debut this September. I didn't think that was bad. That last one was bad. You know, the Soska sisters sisters were the one writing that. It was kind of, you know, a more um let's I don't know one say John Wick taste. Has it ended already? Yeah, I think it's I think it has actually. Oh, I've got I gotta I've gotta circle back and uh read the ending of it because I remember reading it up to a certain point. So Yeah, I think I read like the first two and then it was like I I I will continue this, but it, the things kinda kept you know, we other stuff kinda cropped up. So right. I mean I read it up to like I think the the first three issues. I think it was a four or five issue series. I believe so, yeah, because I think I, yeah. I, I don't have left. So. so, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, uh, it'll be a great introduction to new readers and a thrilling confirmation to fans in the know why Black Black Widow is one of Earth's mightiest heroes. The new series finds a mysterious figure exploiting the hero's past. Uh, and in response, the widow may have to go off the grid, which she kind of was and kind of wasn't already. Right. Uh, I was about to say, speaking of multiple Spider-Man titles, this one's going to be called The Web of Black Widow. Right. Okay, so we're going to get spectacular and sensational. <laughs> uh, I know, right? You know, but like I, but like you said, you know, it's just going to be multiple miniseries, which really, honestly, if you can't, if they don't have faith in the character to um, sustain a monthly schedule, well, then, yeah, then why not? Right? Then why not just have like multiple miniseries that uh, that that tell different stories? Yeah, I agree with that. And but and also you have to realize that this is not back in the day because you you think about it like, hey, guess what? People ran out of stories all the time, but the book kept going with you know with other people taking over the title, right? With certain characters, you know, obviously you know like Iron Man, Thor, they they all changed characters, Mitch you know changed uh, writers and artists and whatnot, Mitch Dried. Yeah, this one maybe. I mean. This is probably a similar situation to Hawkeye. Um, if you want, if you need a parallel, because I mean, outside of that fraction run, you know, 
that's he, you know he's had a whole bunch of uh, mini series, but not a whole bunch, but like at least two or three. Sure, characters like the Vision, you yeah, know, exactly. You know, it's like yeah, they they got stories they could do for them, but nothing sustainable, I guess. Although I know, arguably, you could probably do it, but e- even in this climate, though, you know, the regular books aren't really getting are are getting. We've talked about this before. Are pretty much getting interrupted by events, so it's not like they're getting good runs of, you know. Through through line stories, so it is what it is. Anyway, look forward to that coming soon. Uh, Spider Woman joins Marvel's new heavy hitter team in Strike Force. Uh, I'm assuming not to be confused, but spinning out of the War of the Realms. And sure enough, it says that here. Um, so apparently, this is that this is what um, all of that stuff that we talked about last week. Um, it, it sounds like it's it's leading up to, so the stuff with Blade and uh, Monica Rambeau and Winter Soldier and Wiccan and all of that. There's just going to be this book, uh, Strike Force, written by Tini Howard and illustrated by German Peralta, with covers by uh, Andrea Sorrentino. So uh, Howard revealed the new series on her Twitter account with the issue's cover, which also reveals uh, Spider-Woman as the final member of the team. It's worth noting that Jessica Drew is back to wearing her original Spider-Man, Spider-Woman costume and not the updated redesign, which, by the way, Teeny Howard also um, tweeted a uh, picture of her in said costume. Right, she's cosplaying it. So you know what? I give her a lot of respect for that. and. What's funny is that I, I remember reading the story, and a lot of people, myself included, liked the updated kind of like the jacket look mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah, she got. Totally. That 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 that, uh, that that Jessica Drew uh, received over the last several years. Mm-hmm. But I understand why Tini Howard would want to go back to uh, you know an older look. So. You know, more power to her. Yeah, this um, is basically like, hey, she's getting this is, well, not necessarily the same thing, but this is basically her getting her stealth suit so she can go on, like, you know, which had me thinking, like, wait, doesn't Thunderbolts kind of fill the role of them doing the stuff that the other folks don't want to do? But I guess they don't have a Thunderbolts team right now, so. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think Thunderbolts is. is, is no, it isn't. Yeah, it's not going right now. But I would think they would have tried to start off something like that. But at the same time, like, hey, I'm not mad at the, at the lineup, so. Well, it's a it's a pretty weird lineup, you know. Yeah, and I yeah. think we discussed we discussed this last week. Like one of these things is not like the other. Hey, Spectrum, you know, like kind of moral center of the team, I presume. I, hey, look, she was with um, Next Wave, and that's a weird ass team. Right. So I I like it wasn't like sure. I I can see that, and she's worked with Blade before, and and um, I guess by proxy Winter Soldier, but not really. But yeah, the and the whole Angela thing and. Right and Wiccan, hello. And Wiccan, right? So like Wiccan, like what, what are you doing here, Young Avengers ish? What? Yeah, uh, I don't know. This it's, this is going to be it's this is a curiosity. Right, it's kind of funky. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it for that respect. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, Marvel is warning sinners beware in a new teaser for Ghost Rider book. Hmm. Wonder which one it is. Right. There's been some there's been some uh hope online that I've read that it's actually catch because we've seen Blaze uh pop up recently in the mm-hmm. Damnation story and in Avengers and obviously uh Robbie Reyes is running around in Avengers. So um you know, I, I think people are hoping that this is going to be uh Danny Catch. Hey, and and you forgot one. And you forgot one. Uh Frank Castle? 
Oh, go cosmic. <laughs> Gosh. Well, what I was going to I was going to end on the fact that uh Danny Ketch's Ghost Rider is the Ghost Rider that originated the whole flaming chain thing. Right. So, you know, for a lot of people that don't know or are not as familiar with the Ghost Rider history, Ghost Rider uh Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider didn't have that particular trick in his repertoire. Right. But, until later. Right, until after Danny Ketch initially, Danny Ketch's Ghost Rider initially brought it on board, and then uh, other writers uh, co-opted the uh, the idea and gave it to uh, Blaze as well. Originally, Blaze, uh, when they initially did it, I don't know if you remember Spirits of they were the first Spirits Spirits of Vengeance, where Blaze had like a Hellfire shotgun. Right, and that I didn't was read it, but yeah, right. That was his. You know, when he wasn't uh, when he wasn't running around as a separate Ghost Rider. Right. Is that worth going back to? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, we'll see. But you know, it, it's it's interesting to see this uh, this 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 particular teaser, and I really I, I'm really hoping that it is the uh, the catch version because that that character could use a little bit of a refresh. I bet it won't be. Because <laughs> I mean, obviously, especially since we've seen you know. I, I don't know if they're gonna remove um, uh, Johnny from from Hell, which he kind of has because I think he's even showed up in Avengers as of well. Right. It was alluded to have shown up in Avengers, uh, and of course Robbie's around, so I don't know. Right? Yeah, it could be a new Robbie series. So yeah, we'll see. Next up, uh, Marvel Comics announces Ultron Agenda for this fall because it can't let a decade go by without bringing up Ultron. That was well, editorializing. <laughs> yeah, what I was gonna say though is that do you uh, did you read up on uh, some of the, the latest uh, announcements on this? I don't believe I have because it's a it's it's allegedly now uh, a story involving it's it's in the pages of uh, Tony Stark Iron Man. If I'm right, and that part I did know. Yeah, and it involves uh, something that has developed over um, the last several issues of Tony Stark Iron Man, which is. Um, Machine Man, Aaron Stack, mm-hmm. kind of uh, sticking up for the rights of AI um, uh, robot uh, uh, creature, you know, beings, AI sure. beings in the pages of Tony Stark Iron Man, and that's going to come to a head, and it's going to be Machine Man versus Iron Man in this book. Hmm. And I guess Ultron is going to make an appearance because that's what the event is named after. Right. Or maybe Machine Man becomes Ultron. Oh no! Right. Well, where's Pym? Remember, Hank Pym was uh, with Ultron too. So, well, actually, yeah, you're right. So that couldn't happen because that's already because he was out in space last to check. But I thought he showed up at some point after that. But I know he was out in space. Right, right. He has shown up since. Right. Uh, And uh, those keeping score has not run across uh, Nadia yet. That I remember, but in this form, right, right. Or at all, yeah, but yes, definitely in this form. So anyway, no, yeah, that's... I was about to say, if I'm not mistaken, Hank was still around when Nadia first appeared. But no, he when she came around, he had, quote-unquote, died. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I she, honestly can't recall right away. Nah, she, yeah, she'd never met him. Okay. Because her first volume of her book kind of goes into that, and when she when she comes in, that's... Oh, because she's him. looking for him, right? Right. I gotcha. So... Okay. And then she ends up finding out that, you know, at what she was at this point, he was uh, Hank Tron. Gotcha. Anyway, 
Uh, well, more on that as it, as it develops. Um, speaking of Iron Man, though, Iron Man's magic armor is leaking in Tony Stark uh, number 13, which, um, you know, War of the Realm is still going on, and he has had, what, this This is the second, well, this will be like the third tie-in book of, of his where, uh, to, to War of the Realm? I think it's only the second. Is it? Because I got to wonder with another one, but regardless. Um, so it, it will be a War of the Realms tie-in, and he gets some magic armor. Okay. Um, it says, War of the Realms tie-in, how to fight your dragon. Ha ha, ha 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 uh, The concluding type to the chapter to this special War of the Realms tie-in is Iron Man finds himself struggling against the ancient uh, mystical forces that he, and he has the least power to resist. Because, you know, he's a creature of science, and therefore... Ill-equipped against magic, which is not the first time. Um, world, I'm looking at you for itself. Next up, um, let me see. Hold on. Star Wars. Oh, buckle up, folks. We're about to get into some E3 stuff, of which okay. this of this of this next one is not. But yeah, this is a prequel comic announcement. Yes, so Star um, Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Dark Temple. Yes, a prequel comic to the games coming this September. Yes, and there was a little hubbub online because the, the the image that you have seen that you're seeing right now was the one that was being shown on their Twitter. When the actual cover looks like this, that shows a young lady, a black female Jedi, which you know that some people would appreciate seeing. Um, but okay, she's just a youngling that didn't get whacked in. Uh, uh depending on where this. Yeah. Yeah, where this is going to fall out, which uh, presumably is going to be around that time, yes. I guess. Because mm-hmm. uh, this is definitely... So this is uh, basically a prequel story to the Fallen Order video game uh, from what it sounds like. So, yeah, this is probably going to be going into that for sure. So this will be after Order 66, but... Mm-hmm. Or actually, maybe not. It's maybe it be more. Yeah, it could, it could very well be before up in two, because and we have had stories that did uh, previously go up to uh, Order sixty six, or right after with um, uh, uh, Kanan stuff and other things. So we'll see. But yeah, there's a there's an article about it on Star Wars dot com. You can go check out and see what that's about. Now then, um, hello. This is your turn. I know. I was waiting for the thing to come up, but <laughs> I was, like, I was just like, what are you waiting for me for? Mm, I wasn't. I was like, why is this thing not loading or, or coming up? So, ladies and gentlemen, E3 happened this past weekend. In fact, I think the last day of it was tonight, officially. Um, and if you have or have not been keeping score, there's been a bunch of video game announcements. If you are so inclined, you can go check all that out. This is stuff that's related to comic book stuff, including one Jedi Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So we get gameplay, release date, and everything we know thanks to uh, PC Gamer, whatnot. And there was also a like 15 minute um, gameplay um, gameplay uh, showing at the EA presser uh, Saturday. It looks pretty decent, I would say. Obviously, it's still early, early days for it. Well, not early, early days for it, but um, it, it's still a few months off. Uh, but the gameplay looks pretty good. It looks like a mix of some people are saying Metroid. I don't see that, but I'm thinking it is a mix of uh, Star Wars Force Awakens, Force Unleashed. I keep doing that. Star Wars Force Unleashed, and maybe Uncharted. That's what it looks like to me. We've talked about this, some of the stuff before, so we won't belabor too much of it. But November fifteenth is when this uh, twenty nineteen is when it's coming off on PC and consoles. 
Um, and look forward to that. And there's uh, probably going to be a few more things coming across the wire on that. Uh, and matter of fact, I'm going to take this next one because it's also related. So Respawn had to earn lightsabers in Jedi and Fallen Order. So basically, uh, Respawn Entertainment, the makers of uh, Fallen Order, who is no stranger to uh, video games because they are the folks what made the, the Call of Duty series originally under another name. Um, and they are also the ones who are doing Apex Legends now and they made the Titanfall series. Um, but one of the um, developers, Stig Asmussen, was also a part of the God of War series and apparently uh, one of their first treatments of Fallen Order was kind of um, God of War-like, and they went to basically the. Uh, it's a kind of an interesting article. You should check it out. But they went to the to um, Lucasfilm, the story group, and was like, "Hey, this is what we got," and or at least that's what it sounds like. They 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 had something kind of what they had in mind, which was a little bit more like God of War, and they was like, "Nah." <laughs> so respawn kind of had to get um get hip to what you know the story the, the story group and whatnot and you know would want out of a star wars uh video game at this point um it, to which ended up being what we saw at uh ea's press conference uh this past week and so yeah like i said check it's a nice it's a not nice but it's a interesting um interview or you know interviews with uh, Stig Asmussen who's been around for a while and you know like I said has some chops and saw a little bit of back and forth between them EA and um, well not EA but them and Lucas groups to get what we have now so and some of it um, you know a little bit of button heads I guess from, from what it looks like so yeah go check that out uh, next up Limited Run announced a Star Wars re-release collaboration with Lucasfilm Games. So uh, they're going to bring uh, several collector's editions of Star Wars games to gamers. Mm -hmm. uh, the list is pretty extensive, apparently. Oh, yes. So pretty much most of the more classic ones that you know about that you can also already find on like GOG for a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent price. Are on this list, so the Star Wars Empire Strikes Back, uh, X Wing, you know, X Wing and Tie Fighter are the the, the classic ones. So, right. um, and I won't go into what and who the well, uh, Shadows of the Empire. That's another one. Dark Forces. That's that's like a Force person. Think Doom, but Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So that's what Star Dark Forces is. Shadows of the Empire, same way. Dark Forces Two, uh, Episode One, Racer, the spot racing game, Bounty Hunter. I can't remember that one too well. Jedi Cast, that's kind of like what I'm sorry. Racer Revenge, you know, self-explanatory, and uh, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. So all of those, all of those are going to be ones re-released as a collector's edition. Uh, no word is whether they're getting like uh, upresed or anything like that. They're just or they're just gonna put put it out as a thing. But you, again, you find those already out there now on PC for, for if you go to good old games, or at least most of them, I know, because I have most of them. Oh, Rebel Salt 1 and 2 also was on the list, and I skipped over that for some reason. So, yeah, if you're interested in any of those games, and X-Men and, I mean, X-Wing and TIE Fighter probably being good ones. No X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, I know this is not, it's, it's not on this list, though. Go figure. Anyway, that is that. 
Next up. Uh, this oh, is you. Right? Yeah, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim dates set for August 2020. So, yes, we have the, um, I think, uh, Celebration... No, no, it's not. I'm, I was about to tell a big, big lie. But Celebration happens every year around what, Labor Day, basically Labor Day weekend-ish. Uh, so we now know when it's going to happen next year. And the dates are... Wait, that's not even right. Oh, no, that is right. Uh, August 27th to, to, to 30th. So, yeah, it's usually around Labor Day weekend. Uh, and it's going to be at Anaheim Convention Center. Tickets for the event will go on sale next Friday, June the 21st. Uh, no doubt people are already chomping at the beat for, bit for it because I've seen people on Twitter, especially the big Star Wars fans that I follow. Okay. Congratulations, folks. <laughs> it, that's basically their um, their um, San Diego. I mean, there's celebration in this uh, D, but that's you know. Mm-hmm. Next up, Marvel's Avengers are coming to PS4s, Xbox One, PC, and Stadia very soon. Um, we are that's Google Stadia, or mm-hmm. Stadia. Stadia. Um, I can actually uh, combine this with the next yes, story too, because it was revealed in detail by Square Enix at E3. Mm-hmm. I did see the the teaser video. It was interesting. I am not a fan of some of the liberties that the game designers took with uh, Captain America's design. A lot and of people are having issues with the... Uh, as well? With the character design choices. But, I mean, it's not that far from what they did with the Spider-Man PS4 Spider-Man game. Granted, it's a different set of people. It's a different developer group. All right. Uh, and I think that's I want to say that might be a deliberate thing because I know the the, the story group or, or or Microsoft part of it, they've been saying, hey, we want to do original story stuff, you know, with the original you know stories with these with these video games. Hence the way you know Spider Man came out and the characterizations there were definitely different from what you would classically see. So I don't think it's that much different. So I'm not. And granted, and it's still early on because it's not going to come out until 2020 anyway. So there could be some things to change. I doubt if that's going to be one of them. Uh, so that might be something you're just going to have to get used to. <laughs> um, but on that note, um, Marvel Avengers Dev Talks Heroes and Skills. So yeah, there was a um, one of the... Um, that was an interview talking about you know so the the, the there was a gameplay some gameplay I guess it was gameplay video that was also shown at the Square Enix uh, press conference which you can go find and, and see uh, presumably that was gameplay we still don't really know about that or that was cutscenes but we definitely got the story or mm-hmm. what the story is going to be um, they also outlined that they you're, hey you're going to be playing as Kelsey Priest you're going to be playing at these folks uh, but this article kind of gets into Oh, and they also talked about that. Hey, you, you uh, let's see, you can, you can join with four, or three other people, so you can play four online. I, I feel like it's kind of like Anthem, if you know that game, where you can get four people uh, on a on a different character. So it's not going to be like Marvel Heroes and like four or five Captain Americas running around. So okay, yeah. So it's going to be like, hey, you got Thor, you got Black Widow, you got Captain America, da da da, that kind of situation, and you can go online with it. Uh, but yeah, so but this article basically outlines the heroes, the skills, abilities, and like, and all the customizations you can do or you will be able to do when the game comes out. So you can go check that out. 
And I guess, well, oh, that's not that one, because I thought there was another one, but nevertheless, yeah. And they also outlined the fact that, hey, there's going, uh, they are putting DLCs out after launch up until, I think, about a year. And a lot of it's going to be free, and that isn't going to include extra other characters um, and missions that you can take uh, take your, your, your group out on online. So that'll be interesting. I don't know if they outline. Oh, yeah, yeah, because one of them was actually Hank Pym um, that was shown at the end of the gameplay trailer. So presumably Hank Pym, a version of Hank Pym, is going to be playable. Okay. Or at least very much show up. And then they, they kind of outlined us like, yeah, there's going to be a whole bunch of other heroes that show up, presumably past Avengers, and not just like what they're doing with uh, Marvel Ultimate Line, which was the next story. All right, next up, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, the Black Order expansion uh, pass has been revealed. So uh, this is the game that's available exclusively on the Nintendo Switch. For now. And, well, how much longer, right? Well, I mean, yeah, it's coming out the, the end of this month or no, July. Is it coming, the, it coming out in July? Excuse me. Uh, right. So, yeah, it might it, announce something around the holidays. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. For right. a year, right? It depends. Right. And yeah, then starting in the fall, they're going to some of this uh, expansions. So basically, new characters are going to be coming out, which they've done with past uh, more games. So that's not, not surprising. And of course, it's going to be like Marvel Knights, X Men, and Fantastic Four is going to be in said expansion pass packs. Uh, it's already got a fairly decent roster to it, uh, from what I saw from the what they showed in the, uh, you know, the gameplay footage from um, from Nintendo's Direct. So, that's going to be kind of cool. Uh, but I imagine this is probably going to go out, come out to other consoles at some point. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's just you know a, a Switch exclusive. Um, and speaking of uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3's Black, the Black Order gets a Prime discount. And that's Amazon Prime, and not exactly a big one, because the game drops on July 19th. You can pre-order a copy from, uh, from Amazon if you're Prime for $51.99, which normally regular $60 for games. For, yeah. So, I mean, if you want a physical copy of this, yeah, that's, that's probably a good deal. I don't know if that's... I kind of doubt if that's for digital. Uh, I'm going to check right now. Nope, looks physical. So, yeah. So if you prefer digital, that you might be kind of out of luck unless something opens up for that. Nevertheless, that is the thing. Next. All right. Uh, what are we up to? Uh, America Chavez. Oh, okay. Uh, America Chavez is joining the Marvel Strike Force uh, video game. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I believe that is going on right now. So basically, the, there's an event that usually happens when they introduce uh, new, new, uh, new characters, and you have to go through their event and you get up orbs, and with a chance to get enough orbs to, to um, unlock said person. And that's also uh, has, you know, it is also Pride Month, so that's another reason why she was the one that was picked to come out. Which hey, I'm not mad because I like Trisha America Chavez, and this was a comfort girl. I probably need to come to the game anyway. Okay. Next up, uh, Funko goes cosmic with Richard Ryder Nova Pop figure. Um, oh, by the way, there's a, a Funko Gears game that is coming out for mobile, like next. I think either at the end of this year, or next year. I don't have an article for it, but I'm just saying. But I think we've talked about it in the past. 
um, it's like a Clash of Clans type uh, if, uh, game, if you know what that is. If you don't, like me, then hey, whatever. But anyway, guess what? Richard Ryder has a pop. Or will have a pop. I don't know. Did they do Sam Alexander already? I can't remember. Regardless, hey, uh, it is a thing. It's coming out, uh, well, let's see, orders June, July 1st. Wait. Oh, never mind. That's for something different. It says for every six pop Marvel Nova Prime PX vinyl figures ordered through July 1st, uh, comic shops will receive a previews exclusive Marvel uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number seven variant, which features a cover for, uh, by Funko's Mike Martin that reimagines Nova's first appearance. So, yay, I guess. Oh yeah, here's the, here's a copy of the here's a look at the cover if you're interested. But yeah, so Richard Ryder has a has a pop coming out. Yay! I know fans. I'm sure there are some fans that will enjoy that. I'm surprised he hasn't already been. You know. I'm saying I could have sworn there was one already, but I don't know. Maybe that was Sam, and I just don't remember. But uh, next up, uh, Marvel is launching superhero audiobooks with Dreamscape Media. So uh, yeah, I feel like we've talked about this before, but never if we yeah. didn't. They're read-to-me style audiobooks, and they're set to debut in September. Adaptations of about two Marvel, two dozen Marvel titles are set to be premiered on the app, including Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, Ultimate X-Men, mm-hmm. X-Men, Codename Wolverine, and Daredevil: The Man Without Fear. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's going to have uh, an additional twenty titles that haven't been widely distributed before. Yeah, it doesn't sound like this is going to be like, hey, we're reading a comic book. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something you know, kind of original. Right. Oh, this is interesting. Um, I, did, I just read this, actually. From So, while these won't be the first audio versions of famous Marvel titles, this one is uh, one of Marvel's most expansive efforts to strengthen its audio library and make it available to a wider audience. Uh, Dreamscape Media is a part of, I'm just going backwards, is a full service distributor, uh, Midwest Tapes, which serves the public library sector. Uh, Midwest Tapes will handle distribution of the audiobook recordings to platforms like Hoopla, Amazon, uh, Audible, iBooks, Google, and Overdrive, which is why I just got excited because library patrons will be able to access the Marvel audiobooks free of charge through the Hoopla app which is available for phones, tablets, uh, and smart TVs. Hoopla has previously partnered with Marvel to bring 250 comics to the app. So, yeah, if you have a library card and you have Hoopla um, or Overdrive or any of these other ones, you can check out those uh, those audiobooks for free when they come out. So that's cool. I would recommend you trying to do that if you have a library card. And you should get a library card. They're good to have. Uh, apparently, if you're in New York, you can check out a whole bunch of good stuff. Next up, we kind of already talked about this, so I'll go ahead and take it. I don't think it might have been me for anyway. So you get a free uh, booster pack uh, of the Transformers trading card game. I'm holding this up like I got the camera focused on me, but I do not. But you saw it earlier if you were if you've been paying attention to us. Um, the 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 physical copy came with a a, a pack of uh, a booster pack of Transformers trading card game, and apparently there's. Actually, that's doomed that's because it says there's a foil in here. I don't know if it is because I haven't opened the pack yet, so I don't know. But I think all of the packs say that, so that's nothing different. But yeah, if you're so inclined, I know I went to one place and they sold out, and I went to the place I usually go to, and he had a copy left. So you, your mileage may vary on that stuff. Um, so next up, 
next up in uh, an unrelated news, uh, the Toronto Raptors have apparently won the NBA championship by beating the Golden State Warriors. That is very unrelated. Okay. <laughs> uh, apparently it just happened, and, um, you know, it's Canada. Oh, Canada. <laughs> but, so I guess if, up, but if you want to retire back to something related... Oh, yeah. The raptors are a dinosaur, and they've had dinosaurs who are transformers, and go. God. Bluefin <laughs> expands its line of Transformers products with a pair of stunning new model kits from Flame Toys of uh, Bumblebee and Megatron, based on the IDW Transformers uh, comic series. Yes. Uh, apparently, these model kits are, are, according to this, fairly easy, as, as opposed to other model kits. Um, I would almost be interested in trying one, but I don't usually have the patience for model kits. So, but you can see what they look like finished uh, here. Uh, if you're watching the video, they look good. I don't think they transform. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. But they are posable. Next up, um, oh man! Speaking of uh, in Transformer Seven, Bumblebee did something weirdly. Sub out characteristic in a couple of ways. It was kind of amusing, but cool to see. Uh, anyway, uh, Dark Horse Comics and Studio 71 announced partnership to develop the Umbrella Academy game. So this is a card game, uh, yes, uh, which is expected to have an early 2020 launch on Kickstarter. I, I like card-based games, is why I'm saying that. Uh, Studio 71 of Red uh, Arrow Studios Company announced its partnership with uh, Dark Horse to develop and release a new card game based on the popular Umbrella Academy comic book series. Uh, it's going to be kickstarted in 2020, blah, 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 blah. I didn't really say how you're going to do things, but regardless, that's coming. And so, not belabor that too much. If you like card games, card games and you like Umbrella Cop uh, Card Academy, that might be for you. Next. Bulk and Skull are coming to Heroes of the Grid. So these are uh, this is a Power Rangers board game. Mm -hmm. So apparently, Bulk and Skull are classic bullies as the Purple and Orange Rangers. They're Purple and Orange Rangers. I want to say they. I feel like this is they did something in the comic books with this also over the, in the recent comics with the, with this also, but I can't remember. I'd have to go back. Okay. I might be wrong about that, but I feel like that something like that did happen. Regardless, so yeah, the expansion costs twenty bucks. Um, includes two figures, two character cards, two sword cards, and twenty combat cards. And so it kind of sounds like Transformers uh, trading card game because I didn't know too much about this board game. So, have at it, folks. Uh, speaking of Power Rangers, Power Rangers exclusive Comic Con twenty nineteen bundle stars the Red Ranger Jason. So, uh, oh yeah, that's right, because I had to pull up, pull up, um, I had to pull up something else for the pictures here, so bear with me for a second. Um, because the, the original article did not have good pictures of said, of said, um, figures. Here they are, so you have classic Red Ranger with, uh, the Green Ranger's, um, uh, shield vest thing, and you have the Gold Ranger, which Jason played later on. Um, in Zio, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, that's going to be a Comic Con exclusive. And uh, apparently, according to the original article, uh, the line features Jason, featuring Jason, comes amid rumors that Austin St. John, who played Jason, 
uh, will be making his first return to the Power Rangers TV show since guest appearing, guest appearing on 2002's Forever Red episode of uh, uh, Power Rangers Wild Force. And I believe he might be coming there to... Did it say something about him coming to San Diego? I can't remember if that was the case. But regardless, he might be back on TV um, in the current iteration of Power Rangers, which is Beast Morphers, that is airing on Nickelodeon. And that could be part of the reason why this why this um, why this set's coming out. The set costs fifty bucks, by the way, and like I said, it will be a exclusive to Comic Con. Next. So we're on our next page of news. We are. Uh, Saban's GoGo. What's I'm sorry? No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Saban's GoGo Power Rangers Forever Rangers number one is uh, going to be come out. We just got our first look at it, and it's going to be uh, published by uh, Boom Studios under license by Hasbro. Yeah, so basically. Available it like in June. Available right. this month. Right, so basically, it's because uh, uh, Gogo. So Saban's Gogo Power Rangers has been a book that's been going on since, I think it sh- started shortly after Mighty Morphin did, uh, which I'm not sure why. It's kind of like the the Amazing Spider-Man to, or it's kind of like the Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man to the Amazing Spider-Man in that hey, the, the one book is pretty much dealing with them in suits, and this is kind of them supposedly in their personal lives, but it, but being that. They intersect with each other, and they did when that uh, last event book, the event happened. They kind of mm-hmm. go back and forth in a ways. Uh, so yeah, so apparently this is another event that's coming up called uh, Forever Rangers, and uh, I need to catch up because I guess they're building. They might be building up to this now, and I think there was. Um, it might be restarting the issue. I don't remember what happened with this, so let me not say anything. But regardless, it is it is a thing that's coming up. So go check that out if you're a Power Rangers fan when it happens. Uh, Batman, Curse of the White Knights, Sean Murphy reveals Harley Quinn's secret. Harley Quinn's secret. And, um, oh, I think this is, yeah, this is, uh, says, on Twitter, Murphy shared a panel from the upcoming series that reveals, so this is the sequel to um, uh, Batman, uh, Batman White Knight. Uh, Murphy shared a panel from the upcoming series that reveals the origin behind Harley's iconic three diamond logo. The panel shows Harley holding a three of diamond card with a note written on it by the Joker along with the following caption. Uh, Big Harley reveal why does she wear the... Wait, what? Big Harley reveal why does she wear the three of diamonds? Because of the first love letter Joker Napier in this version gave her long ago written on a playing card the three of diamonds okay so and you can see um the tweet in question uh there so i i so batman white man night was a great story i would recommend people watching that it isn't obviously it's not in canon but um it was it was good i i thought so anyway, that's that. Uh, this next one we kind of already talked about. So mm-hmm. yeah, so in the in Batman Who Laughs number six, um, we saw some evidence of um, uh, the introduction in I guess the main line, the current continuity of DC of uh, some animated tech. I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. If you're watching the video, you can. You know what it is, you but uh, you kind of you can kind of guess what I'm hinting at as well. So weird. 
So this makes the second time Gordon's donned a suit. Never mind. All right. DC's uh, Rebirth continuity welcomes back classic Young Justice series. series. So, yeah, I think I've kind of talked about this last week and in subsequent weeks we're talking about Young Justice because basically um, in the process of them getting back together, Robin, or I don't even know if he's going by Robin, Tim Drake basically says, I forgot all about everything about you guys. Uh, But prior to, but, you know, it was... uh, brought up that his memories got restored of everybody and that kind of came out you know in the last couple of, in the last issue of uh, young justice that he got his you know that he got his memories back and went to metropolis to kind of get some answers on what happened with that and a couple of other things actually came out in the copy which i didn't mention uh which i'm assuming going to be feeding stories going forward which that's what bendis does um, or well, a lot of people do. I shouldn't say it's just a business thing, but yeah, there was some stuff that was kind of brought up in the last issues. Like, okay, they're clearly they're gonna bring back, they're gonna come back to this at some point. So anyway, so yeah, that's that. And this article kind of goes into a little bit more on the people and what's going on. So that's a good read if you want to get caught up on that. Next, Big Barda. Mr. Miracle and more wade into DC's Deceased with a new spinoff. There's going to be a spinoff of this? Uh, apparently so. So, uh, according to uh, this article and uh, Tom Taylor, he basically said that like, he could wrote, he basically could have wrote Deceased for years. Oh, um, and, but he, obviously, he only has, what, how many issues are they giving him for this? So, he says, uh, with the epic scope of this series, there's no way to fit all the characters and all the, all the ideas I wanted to, to ha- I had into just six issues. We had a whole cast of characters whose tale was ending up on the comic books, on the comics cutting floor and writings about killing your darlings, but these were darlings I wasn't even going to get the chance to kill until the idea of this special was raised by editor uh, Ben Epinethy. And it goes on to go into, um, I think this is a one-shot uh Wait, no, it's another limited series. Regardless, it's, yeah, it is a one-shot called Deceased, A Good Day to Die, and it will follow uh, Mr. Terrific, uh, Mr. Miracle, Big Barda, Booster Gold, John Constantine, and a few other folks. Um, and I guess it's been kind of kind of coming out of, or coming through the DC current thing, DC's current uh, thing, which, again... Has been a good read, and I'm not even a big zombies type fellow. I wasn't definitely wasn't into like Marvel zombies, but the way this started off was actually pretty good. And hey, we get to see Big Barter and um, Mr. Miracle fight zombies. So who win win, right? Right. Uh, right. It's scheduled for release September 4th, and deceased number three of six is scheduled for July 3rd. So, and this is, goes into the solicit uh, into that. including apparently somebody we we see that's probably going to get zombie fight on. That's just a um, a swerve. Next up. Uh, Bendis debuts DC Millennium with classic OMAC teams. Yeah, you can take the next one too. And Bendis' latest DC Millennium tease involves Superman's death. Oh boy. Yeah. So I kind of alluded to this earlier, saying you know that that's been this is apparently next thing after Leviathan. I don't know. 
And also, like, DC Millennium, like, Marvel's just did, has been doing stuff with 1 million BC. Like, come on, folks. Can we get, can we sing different tunes? Do we, do, <laughs> can, can, can we, can we not sing from the, from the, can we not write from the same playbook all the time? Like, come on. Anyway, we don't know what this is going to be. We know it's Bendis. We know uh, Legion of Superheroes, OMAC, and Batman Beyond are going to be involved. Uh, okay. And, uh, yeah. Because, you know, one publisher has to do it, the other has to do it, its own spin. Nevertheless, wait, are Superman's Ma and Pa Kent alive now? Say what? Yeah, so apparently this is coming out of... Wait, it's, I don't know, this might have something to do with Doomsday Clock, sounds like, yeah. Uh, but it says something here about uh, the, the death of Ma and Pa Clint, Kent. Clint, excuse me, appeared in Doomsday Clock 1 as a nightmare that Clark experienced, but there's no indication that it was reversed until now. And this article kind of goes into its theory on why that possibly could be. Read it if you are so inclined. Next up. Uh, DC has announced the horror-themed Gotham City Monsters title. So this is springing out of the events of Event Leviathan, hmm. where SHADE, another acronym, was an organization originally tasked with uh, taking monsters to fight other monsters. So out of the ashes of SHADE's destruction comes Gotham City Monsters by Steve Orlando and artist Amon K. Nahuelpan. Um which is uh, a new series where Frankenstein uh, Shade's former uh, operative recruits a bunch of people like Killer Croc, Orca, Lady Clayface, and, and vampire Andrew Bennett to take on um, Melmoth. The hell of Melmoth is, I don't know. With the fate of the DCU hanging in the balance. Boy, it sounds similar to a fairly recent. It's not Monsters Unleashed, but it sounds like a similar to Howling Commandos. The yeah, in in Marvel. That's it does sound like that. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to reiterate what I just said. But Wally West explores his post heroes, um, in Heroes in Crisis reality in Flash Forward. Um. So yeah. That's the thing that happened. Guess what? Heroes of Crisis is, is, was the thing that happened, folks. Just, just thought I'd let you know that. Uh, and apparently, oh yeah, so check out the solicitation copy of Flash Forward number one, along with Doc Shainer. Uh, so, and Flash Forward, I don't know if it's going to be a one shot. Looks like it might be, but yes, it's going to be revolved around. Um, uh, Wild West, and it's going to uh, debut on September 18th. And uh, guess what? The what the future may or may not hold for Wally. Okay. Uh huh. Next up. Yeah, next up, the confessionals that we saw in Heroes in Crisis have quietly changed DC continuity. Of them. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> some people have been reborn. You know that we didn't know. Uh, yeah, there's just you know, it's just stuff. Yeah, it's just it's, it's basically it's a whole article saying that hey, those 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 uh, those uh, little showcases of, uh, of folks, those confessionals might not be not for nothing. There might be a little bit more to it, I guess. I don't know. I didn't read the whole article, but there's 
but it, it did kind of break down what what they believe to be what's going on in there uh, in regards to DC continuity. Next up, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy series spins out of Heroes in Crisis, speaking of. So, yeah, at the end of that, Harley and, Harley and um, Poison Ivy has a series, or at least a mini. Well, wait, is it a series or a miniseries? Miniseries. Uh, Six-issue miniseries arrives on September 4th, and unlike Harley's Soto title, which often ex- exits, exists in its own Coney Atlas-based reality, this will be firmly uh, placed in main DCU continuity. So, there you go. Lovers All right. Of, love, lovers of the, that duo, rejoice. Next up. All righty. Uh, next up, uh, the Justice Society of America, the team that some people apparently still want, is returning, <laughs> is returning to the DC Universe and continuity this fall. Respect the society. I don't know. Somebody wants this stuff. Yeah. There's people out there. So, what, do you not have any affinity for the society, or no? Well, you know what I have to say to that. Um, Alrighty then. I mean, come on now. It, this is. I'm. I'm neither with you or against you. I, like, I, I know. Right? No. I, well, see, that's the thing. I know most people don't have much of an opinion on it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I really don't have it. But regardless, we uh, come September's Justice League thirty fourth, thirty first. Yeah, they will be back. Right. So, uh, what is Snyder writing it as well? It looks like yes. Okay. So yeah, they they will return in Justice League Thirty One. Where they go from there, not sure. Oh wait, they're going to be in Thirty One and looks like Thirty Two, and they're the society is going to be called upon to um, hit up Lex and his crew. From from accounts. So, there you go. All your favorites. Uh, oh, so, Legion of Superheroes finally returned in DC's Millennium. I could have sworn I should have had this in um, earlier. But regardless, it's a thing. So, yeah. Um, another group that I don't know if anyone actually wanted. Some people don't know there are Legion of Superheroes fans. Yeah, there's tons of Legion of Superheroes fans, more so than the, just the Society of America. Shots fired, right? I, you know what? You will be hearing about that if that's the case. Um, all, yeah, I was about to say, all, all, all feedback uh, with regards to uh, just the Society of America can be directed to at Agent underscore 70 on Instagram. So, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm not, I, I don't particularly care about the Legion as well, but there's some cool characters in the Legion. Like my favorite was always Wildfire because he had such a great design. Right. So and speaking of, I'm glad, man. That's a nice segue because the next article um, is a first look at Ryan Sook's character design for said Legion of Superheroes. I'm gonna have to take a look at that because I always liked Wildfire's design. I didn't like it when they changed him into kind of an Iron Man analog. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I always liked that, uh, and I also didn't like it when he had no helmet and no face mask, because that was always the best part. So I don't know if that character is in this on, or they just uh, is not in this article. Because they probably, have, yeah, because they do not because they have a set of articles that they, that they have designed for, but not that one you just spoke of. Right, I mean, there's the there's kind of like the core group that everyone knows. Like, I'm just scrolling through it now. There's Lightning Lad, Saturn Girl, Cosmic Boy. These are the characters, Chameleon Boy. These are the characters that you'll see in the in the 
in like Justice League Unlimited, I think. Sure. Here, um, uh, uh, here and there. Shadow Last is a character that I've seen before. Brainiac Five, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the, you know the the ones that they've just um, displayed are really kind of the core Legion of Superheroes characters that have gone uh, from uh, iteration to iteration across uh, time, across the uh, across the across the Legion's history. So. Right. Uh, but yeah, the S on Shadowless's uh, costume looks like Sentry's S. That's it does. Don't you say about that? So yeah, uh, um, Legion of Superheroes M- Millennium will be coming whenever that happens. Uh, sure. Uh, next up. <sighs> Dang it! Why did I get this one? Um, <laughs> I just read it. Yeah, Liefeld reveals DC Extreme crossover plans that probably won't happen. Probably good. So yeah, the, uh, Liefeld was out there on Twitter. I think I caught a little bit of this. Wait, so uh, what did he say in, on Twitter? So he was basically saying that DC Comics are gonna, and that they quoted, they quoted at least part of it here. Um, DC Comics gonna drive off of a cliff here real soon. Was his words, and he deleted those, so it's not out there. But apparently, some I think I'm fairly certain somebody else has captured the tweets because as one wants to do but um and i think there were a couple of more comments that uh that 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 wasn't brought up here but that was the main one um but anyway in a facebook post um life failed describes um so apparently you know i didn't know whether he had done any work with dc uh outside of a few like uh covers but apparently uh he had been in talks over the last few months uh, over the last few weeks, asking uh, from Jim Lee, asking if Lifefield wants to do bring his extreme characters over to DC Comics for a new special that would uh, come out as soon as the end of the year, which basically would be a crossover between his characters and like the Justice League or something. Um, Lifefield said he'd consider it, um, and you know, Lifefield blah 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 blah. Um, so yes, he, he goes on to say that, um, he's sorry. Cause I don't really care about life. So that's why I'm blah, blah, and a whole lot of this. Um, so he basically says, he talks about his relationship with DC over the years. He was like, I don't care if there's an image comics, DC cro- uh, special that I'm left out of as a result. Uh, I did some covers for DC earlier in this year that went over rather well with the face. Um, let's see. And he basically talked about, I speak my mind, so blah, blah, blah. If you don't like it, lump it, whatever. Like Lifefield tends to do. I'm like, he's <laughs> he's a piece of work. And apparently they offered him... Uh, it says This article says that they offered him, or he was talking to them about doing Thunder the Barbarian, which apparently he didn't want to do. I guess they wanted, to, they wanted him to do a Thunder the Barbarian thing, and he was like... Because he even said, a real barn burner of a property, right? And that went nowhere fast. So either he wanted to do it or, you know, or didn't want to do it, but that's what they offered him. I don't know. Because it says here, it's like, yeah, in the interest of full disclosure, the one property I had been uh, having a dialogue with DC about over the past year was done other barbarian. So, yeah. They always bring up Hawk and Dove to me, but I decline, not interested. And I stand by that, and I think DC has seen better days. Anyway, I got to go getting back to making comics. Happy comic book day. So, okay. Yeah, you can, you can see you can see a tweet of his, um, on that. Well, he's a piece of work. I don't really give it. Yeah, exactly. It's either here or there. Yeah, so I. Either here or there. Yeah, okay. Basically. 
Next up. Next up, some interesting stuff that uh, Roddy Cat uh, shared with the with the crew behind the scenes. Mm. Um, Jim Lee has designed a backpack for comic creators and collectors, um, and it's being crowdfunded, and it's already been backed. I mean, it's already been successfully funded. Right. Kickstarter, and um, it's it, it's a it's an interesting concept because it's specifically geared towards. Um, a couple of different things. One is carrying your art supplies, and two, you know, especially safely, actually, because actually, something up your alley, I'm sure. Right, there's a cool compartment where, like, you know, where where you can keep uh, bottles of ink just in case they like crack open and spill. That's mm-hmm. um, kind of funny. And um, one one particular feature which I love but makes the bag kind of big, so you can fit a professional artist portfolio into it. Right. So. Um, there's a they, they, the the bag comes with a special portfolio that you can put your work in. You know, regular um, comic book size pages. You can slide it right in and um, you know bring it to a concert. That you can um, display your uh, work. You know, to, to have uh, 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 you know editors and whatnot take a look at your work and critique. But it also doubles as a way to transport your prints that you buy from artists at a con. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I I particularly like that feature. Same. I have a I have a backpack. You know, I've got a you know like no 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 um, no plugs here, but I've got um I've got a North Face backpack. It's on the larger side, but it's not like the largest. Um, you know, it's something that's functional, and I can jam in you know with uh, with the uh, a plastic um, uh, sleeve. Um, most you know most prints that I pick up and not have to worry about carrying them around. Right. But, um, you know, I've always had issues with carrying prints home or at least getting them back to my car because I never park right next to, like, the con place unless it's, like, um, a suburban uh, uh, con. So, um, you know, transporting them or at least even walking around with them during the day is always kind of tough. Yeah, usually for me, I would be like, I'm going to wait till the end of the day and then buy my prints and then walk them back back over to the hotel. Right. I was going to say there all there are instances where prints do sell out, which is yes. sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, more, more often than not, you're able to get your prints by carrying them around is a pain. And and uh, even in bag check, you can't rely on people to uh, to take it easy with the stuff that you're checking. So mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of cool that this bag exists. It is on the expensive side. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to uh, plunk down the, the, the money to get it, but uh, I like the ideas behind it. Yeah, I've seen people, and, and I well, I guess this was past time we were saying, but hey, here's Con this weekend. I am obviously not there, and I'm mad that, that I am not. But hey, that's another story for another time. Um, I have seen folks walking around with full portfolios, you know, doing that stuff. So, they, you know, they've at least gotten that right. But when I first saw this, I thought he was thinking about um, uh, not just artists, but people that lo- run around with truckloads of um, sh- long boxes for it to get stuff signed. Right. When when I first read this, I thought that I thought that this was what he was going for, and thinking he was trying to kind of stave off some of that. But no, nah, this is more artist focused, mm-hmm. which is cool. But you know, sure. Um, but it's the thing. Right. So Heroes Con in in Charlotte, right? That's correct. Right. Man, it's cheap to get in. Yeah, it is, and it's a good show. So, anyway. Dang, I'm a, I'm annoyed. <laughs> I think about how much I paid for my New York Comic Con ticket. Oh. Well, I mean, that's come on, that's a drastically I, different show, though. I know. 
Uh, but yeah, this is more 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 creator focused, and you know, and it's been going on for like thirty years. So I ain't like you know, I've talked about it before, so I don't need to really go into that. But yeah, it's, it's a pretty good show, and I, there's a good smattering of people usually show up for that. Yeah, no, the ticket prices, man, the ticket prices. Uh, yeah, and I think that was the only the only difference when like you know Stan Lee came and they had a separate thing for for him. Oh, yeah, and, for like signing, yeah. Right. So, but that, outside of that, you know, yeah, that's, that's usually a pretty cheap and good ticket, you know. Oh my goodness! Basically, man. hey, vendors on one side, creators on another side, and you know, cosplayers yeah. running around rampant. It's tough because it's Father's Day weekend. You know, it's always tough when they have these cons on right. like holiday weekend. So, yeah, I've seen some people that were going to on Twitter that's going to be there, and I'm slightly jealous and mad. But yeah, I mean, you, you know, I'm just scrolling through the list. I'm like, Epting, Steve Epting is going to be there, which is right. cool. He's he doesn't make a lot of con appearances. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he usually shows up to this one. Yeah, or right. okay. he might be local. He might be local to that. Mm. Um, because right. I, yeah, because I know like Latour, uh, Rico Renzi are both because and Rico Renzi is a part of the, the the committee on the thing. So that's that. But right, and I know Sanford Green is kind of local correct. to he's, he's there to me. But yeah, he's, he usually goes up there. Yeah, yeah, Latour. Yeah, Latour's on the guest list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Aaron usually goes goes also, but I'm not sure where he's hailing a hell out of, you know. Well, look, Ed Piscor is traveling all the way down there. No, he, yeah, he usually comes. He comes every year. So. See, that's pretty cool, man. Like he doesn't do he doesn't do New York. He he, he once told me uh, in a conversation I had with him. Yeah, listen to me drop names, right? He once told me that he's not the biggest fan of like the large cons, right? But you know, obviously with the with the exposure, thanks to uh, X Men Grand Design. And uh, hip hop family getting even bigger, mm-hmm. uh, the family tree that is getting bigger. Um, you know, he, he's kind of uh, you know convinced himself and got paid to appear at some of these bigger cons. So right, but yeah, yeah, it's because like the last few years that I've gone, he's always been there. So like, yeah. and sometimes has done a panel because like the matter of fact, the last I think last year he did. I think I mentioned it, the panel he did with Claremont about yeah. um, uh, X Men Grand Design, which, yeah, was, right. which was originally supposed to be just him. But since Claremont was there, he yeah, I guess he talked to him and had him get up, get up on stage, you know, get up with them. So and that was a pretty good, um, you know, pretty good jump. But yeah, that's it. He's always there and a yeah. bunch of other people. Darren Peterson, Lisa, uh, Latour, and Rodriguez of Spider Gwen. That's pretty cool. Stan Sakai's gonna be there. Oh, is he? Damn it! I'm yeah. Thinking, yeah, I'm thinking, Stan Sakai from uh, Usagi Jimbo. I'd okay. get him to sign like my big trades and stuff. Right. Stan Freeze is gonna be there. Tim Sale. Man, shout out to Heroes Con. That's a pretty yeah. Cool I missed Del Freeze the last time. I think not was it was last year or year before last that he was there because uh, he doesn't really do that many that I know of. But uh, Del Freeze was there and he was on the con, con with well, on the panel with uh, Sanford Green and a couple other people. Which yeah, was, I, yeah. I was about to say I met him at the New York Comic Con. Yeah, and I missed him at this table because I wanted to get some stuff down because I think he had left or something or wasn't there. But I was like, dang it, and I don't know when he was going to be back or if he ever was going to come back to, to the show. And I know, uh, like the the Conic, Conic and Matt Fraction are usually there, but they weren't not there. They were not there last year, which is like the one of the few times that I've not seen them there. Yeah, I don't see them on this list. Which means, yeah, maybe they're not. I don't know. That's weird. Maybe they're not traveling, or oh no, they're canceled. Mm. She, she was originally part of this and canceled. I wonder if that's is that. Wait, is that from last year? Because it's the same, the same thing. You know what? It doesn't matter because I feel like it's something similar happened last year. Oh, um, no, I'm looking at the 2019 page. So. Right. So I don't know what happens with that, but regardless, yeah, well, that's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, um, I mean, they usually I, have a panel because they have, you know, they have their um, their milk milk, uh, milk thing. Uh, they need you to have a panel every year. 
So, but they didn't come last year and this year also. Regardless, you know, that's it, it is what it is, and I'm sure there will be people talking about it on Twitter, and I'm going to be more and more upset. Uh, moving right along. Um, I think this is me. I don't know. Um, Mark Wade and Kwanzaa Os- Os- uh, Os- 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 I'm sorry. Please forgive me for I don't want to screw up you. I don't like people. Os- Os- yeah, Os- I guess that's right. I apologize. I really don't like screwing up people's names. Uh, make gun violence the supervillain in Ignited. So, um, yeah, Mark Wade and, and, and Kwanzaa from the, the Kwanzaa Osayafor. Os- yeah, for you may know that name from the Black series. Um, uh, Yannick Panek, uh, Paquette, excuse me, is from uh, Wonder Woman Earth One, is doing the art, and Carla Speed McNeil rounds out the fledgling input imprints, uh, creative leaders. And so, this is an imprint, apparently, and not just like a um. Uh, a series. So the H One's Connected Universe launches this year with three series: Ignited, Strange Land, and Omni. The first of the series, Ignited, which is co-written by Wade and um, Osa, for you, uh, sorry, Osa, uh, and illustrated by Phil Briones, dropped on June fifth. Did not know this. Uh, the series focuses on students who return to their reopened school after a recent shooting left uh, several students and faculty dead. It's kind of sort of from the headlines. Uh, the kids are coping with the trauma, the press, and for six of them, at least, new superpowers. Uh, following an ignition event, so almost like the white event or whatever, uh, whatever the, the Lion Forge thing was. Um, the six begin using their powers to fight for good. A tall order complicated further by the fact that the supervillains in the story are politicians, the press, and even their parents. Actually doesn't sound that... Well, no, actually, that is different because I'm about to say the Lion Force the different thing is fairly different. And then this is just a um, interview with them talking about it. So, um, so yeah, that's interesting. So you can go check that out uh, at your local store. It looks like one of them is out so far right now. Mm. Uh, next up. Okay. Uh, writer Chelsea Kane reprinted a reader's tweets without permission in Man Eaters number nine, and then things got weird. Um, they got they exploded apparently. So so I guess the deal is that the tweets were reprinted uh, without permission, thus uh, making it a copyright infringement, as well as being against the Twitter uh, user agreement. So. Hmm. Uh, I think I saw like the Taylor. Apparently, she may have um, um, deleted her Twitter after this happened. But I think I saw where she was apo- trying to apologize for it or something that happened along with what happened. With it. So I'm not exactly well versed uh, in what fully happened. So, but this article kind of goes into that, and you can go check that out for yourselves. Because I'm not gonna sit here and try to recap. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, that, that is a thing. Uh, dinosaurs rule space in new graphic novel. So, let's see. In space! <laughs> exactly. Uh, apparently, the um, there's a book called Alien Bones, 
which follows Liam Mycroft, the 10-year-old son of an intergalactic paleontologist who ends up embroiled in, the, in an adventure that could affect the future of all humanity after his father disappears, because that's usually how that works, uh, leaving him reliant on his own skills as well as his best friend Diana, the robot Standard 5, and his pet dinosaur to save the day. Uh, and the creative team is Chris, Doc Wyatt, and Chris Grine. It's an all-ages book that's being released through uh, the indie publisher One First Comics this fall. Oh, seems neat. Uh, oh. It's arrives October 2nd. And on bookstores October 8th. So, hey, if you're in Sword Line, go check that out. Next. Last, but not least. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. sure. There's more? Well, go ahead. Go. I don't see I'm scrolling. Don't worry about it. It's something, it's something from the first page, but yeah. Uh, the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund is offering a free webinar on LGBTQ comics and the challenges they face they face for pride month so um this was uh, offered two days ago mm-hmm. on the 12th so uh, i'm hoping that people can still uh uh locate this webinar and, and view it and yeah uh, maybe it'll still be out there uh, some some you know because pride month's not over yet so right but yeah that was a thing that had already happened. Um, but good, good, good nonetheless. Uh, I was just going to call it, circle back to the, um, the variant corner. Uh, and for the last thing that says, uh, Marvel unveils immortal Hulk transformation inspired variants. Uh, the immortal variants will be featured on several Marvel series, including the amazing Spider-Man, fantasy Four, moon Knight, and venom. Wait, Moonlight's got a book? Did, did we miss that announcement? Anyway, uh, uh, according to Marvel's official PR, the variants represent uh, present uh, an array of characters merge into an alter self, all modeled after Bruce Banner's transformation from the pages of Immortal Hulk. So kind of that, like, monstrous style uh, deal. If you've been reading Immortal Hulk, you know what we're talking about, but kind of a Meldum and Malcolm thing. Mm-hmm. So, Cole Baines, uh, you can see the, um, you can see the, the pictures of these that are coming soon and there's a whole list of uh, the variants, the, the books that are going to get the variants. Right, it's more of a, like a transformation type, you know, basically. Uh, look, so. Mm-hmm. Although the um, Moonlight one isn't. Right, it's an annual, and yeah, it just shows his various uh, iterations, or some of his various iterations. Some of his personalities, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you can go check that out. Of course, they got Venom, Spider-Man, like I said, and and uh, Ben Grimm from The Hulk. I mean, Ben Grimm from Fantastic Four, excuse me. Sorry. But oh. that, folks, is that. And one, we got one more uh, ad read to go. One more ad read. And our last ad read of the night is for Busted Tees. This episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, and cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture. These t-shirts are cleverly themed and inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture, 
and many more are on sale. To help keep our podcasts free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free link at the top of the page. From there, click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. All right. Boo. Nothing. Never mind. Anyway, we come to the we come to the end of this here combo chronicles. So I would apologize for uh, it being a long one, but I will not do so. <laughs> but we thank you all for sitting with us and and, and uh, well, I mean, it's not my fault. It was a lot of content. Um, thank you for coming out. We will be back next week for this locality. No movie call protocol is in effect. Um, yada yada, shmoda shmoda. Uh, for myself, Roddy Cat, you can find me at Roddy Cat at Twitter, uh, Instagram, blah blah blah. Uh, CB Caps on Instagram, News Nerds Need on Twitter, and of course, the News Nerds Need Reddit, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram, which at the day of this recording was having some issues. That I hope they looks like they may have, uh, the Instagram rather has been filled out because. People were freaking out that Instagram and a few other services were having some issues. Nevertheless, that's the thing. Um, PC and underscore dirt on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, popculturenet on Twitter, and all of the umbrella sites therein. And apparently his wrestling persona, which I don't, weird, I, was, I don't know if I would want to follow that up or not, but I'm, I, I dare say curiosity is, is getting to me. Uh, and of course, Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter. Uh, the Click Nation. This T K L I Q N A T I O N. Wait, N A T. Yes. Um, that's the Click on Twitter. Also, the Click Nation dot com. Um, uh, C B Cron on Twitter, and of course, Comic Book Resources. Where he's over to writing his face off. <laughs> We will be back next week. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. You can find this podcast. Yeah, I was about to skip some stuff. I spent a long night. Um, CSPN.us. Go check us out there along with a whole bunch of other podcasts. You'll be joining us soon. Or, you know, whatever the saying was I said earlier. Mm. Um, you can tell it's late. I'm just just lost. Um, Google Play. Apple iTunes. A.K.A. Apple Podcasts. And, of course, Spotify and the Coast Leather Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Go there and check us out on all of those. We're not on title because we're not that fancy. Whatever. Again, we will be back next week. Um, Here we go. And uh, this has been the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. One. Good night, everybody. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, yes.